Welcome to Street Fight Radio. I hope you're having a good Sunday night. We're taking your calls. Number to dial is 614-655-3887. Talk to us about what's going on in your world, how things are going at work, uh, what kind of fucked up corona shit's happening, shitty cop situations, anything that your heart desire. We're here to listen. We're the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. You can find us on WCRS here in Columbus, Ohio. You can also watch us on live stream. We're on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube every single Wednesday and Sunday night. It's Street Fight. And we are here to help you spread distress across the U.S. and create a better world, you know, for working people. That's all That's all we're doing this for. Camaraderie, community, mutual aid, all of those wonderful things. And we've had a wonderful time doing it. We've been... 10 years in the making and getting bigger and better than ever appreciating all the love and support that we get from everyone that listens and if you want to tell us thanks consider going to patreon.com slash radio and signing up for a, a subscription just one dollar three dollars five dollars a month you get access to bonus audio video and zines that you can also uh you know, you don't have to read. You don't have to watch. You don't have to listen to. If you just want to support us, you can sign up. But if not, there's so many other things on there that you can see. There's a, a ton of inf- there's a ton of information, resources, live streams, all that fun stuff. I'll be back with High Five Friday this Friday doing a live stream. So jump in, listen to Street Fight, and uh, be a part of the community. We appreciate all y'all that have. Uh, my name is Brett. My co-host is Brian. How are things going? Oh, Brian. you know, just keen. I'm, I bet. I'm feeling great, uh, as always. Ready to take calls? find out that my panic attack... I figured my panic attack's out there for the past few weeks. Okay. Started drinking this vitamin water a lot. Okay. And I found out that the one that I was drinking like six of a day... Yeah. ...had 50 milligrams of caffeine in it. Oh, so I was just fucking loading up on caffeine all day, and then being like, "Why am I so jittery and nervous all the time?" That will give you vertigo. I so think. I decided uh, uh, to make sure that my drinks didn't have caffeine in them. After that, you know, one mm. thing that one drink that's never fucked me up is just regular water. Ah, oh, fuck that, fuck that. It doesn't taste as good as vitamin water. Yeah. Fifty Cent really put together a nice little uh, concoction of flavors okay. for me. So. I've been digging the vitamin water, and it's got vitamins in it, you know, not healthy. I think Coke one time said, there's no reason that anybody should think that vitamin water is healthy. Like yeah, yeah, case. Like, come on. <laughs> come on, we wouldn't name something vitamin water if it was healthy. <laughs> we could name it health water. Uh, well... I'm glad you I'm glad you figured that out. Well, I'm not all the way through the woods, but I'm a little less freaked out about everything currently. So that's something. You know, that's a step up from not I still am like trying to come down from a few weeks of being nuts. Uh-huh. But uh uh better off today. Better off today okay. than I was Wednesday or last Sunday. So, yeah, uh, 300 milligrams of caffeine, that'll change your day. It was also last Sunday when I looked over and saw 50 milligrams of caffeine, or last Wednesday. 
I looked over, I drank three of them and I looked over and, and I was, it said 50 milligrams caffeine. And I was like, that's probably why I'm so freaked out all the time or jittery, you know? Right. It's just a lot of caffeine. It's not just a little bit. A little well, bit. Like I drink no, a, 50 is not a lot. Six drinks a day is a lot. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm a drink. I was also drinking my regular amount of caffeine though. And so this was on top of that. Right. And it was stacking. just a constant, yeah, it was a lot of stacking. I was like, why am I, it's just winter, man. Winter gets me. It just really got, it's gotten me lately. Very hard to wake up during the winter. I was like getting up at like 9.30 there for a while when it was warm out. And now I'm back to sleep until 1. And even at 1, I'm like, ugh, I could sleep another hour. Right. You know, two hours. So yeah, it's uh once it stays once it stays under forty for a long time, it it's hard to uh, dig yourself out of that hole. You just don't want to do anything. I had the worst walk today because it's like sleeting outside, but I felt like I needed to do it because this fucking watch tells me, like, hey man, you're usually a lot further ahead on this than uh, you are now. Right. You know, watch doesn't ever consider maybe I'd like to take a day off. You know, it tells me, why are you laying around all day? You know? Right. I don't think it's saying you need to walk seven hours, though. No, it doesn't say that. But it just says, why don't, why aren't you? And I haven't been walking seven hours. I've been doing a lot less because it's cold. I don't want to be out there in that shit all day. It's been fucking freezing here, man. 29. I've been in the 20s. I want to be in the 20s. You never want to be in the 20s. You want to be in the 40s, really. I'm fucking fine with the 40s. You know? Yeah, the 40s are nice. They feel like a break when they come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I check all the time. Is it going to be 41 tomorrow? That'll feel like 60 at this point. You know? Pretty Maybe much. You won't wear the coat out if it's 45. Just work up a good sweat. Yeah, yeah, get it going. You know? Yeah. I, um,. I've been watching, this is the first weekend of uh, World Rally Championship for the weekend. So that is cars racing down the sides of mountains. Uh, I'm loving the hell out of it. That's an interesting sport. Yeah, it's a lot different than Formula One. It's like headlights on, there's ice, they're going 90 miles an hour, and it's just fucking terrifying. I saw a car flip all the way over. My favorite part about it, though, is they interview the people as soon as they finish their their run. Like, they literally make them stop and pop the door open. And, like, they put a microphone in their face. And I've already seen the woman's like, all right, he's uh, he's putting on his mask now. No, he's sitting in the passenger seat. He's holding his head in his hands right now. He's shaking it. He's shaking it. We're going to see what he has to say. Oh, oh, no, he's driving away. He's driving away. Hmm. Like a lot of people just skip it. And then this one, this one guy, they open the door and she goes, you had a 10 second lead that you lost this round. What do you feel about that? And he goes, I don't know. I guess I was too careful. He was just like frustrated. Like, I'm sorry, lady. It's snowing. It's ice. It's dark. I lost 10 seconds. I'm sorry. I, I just was not, I, I wasn't dangerous enough this round, I guess. Not in the mood. Not in the mood to drive down. I'm not in the mood to talk to you. I right. lost. You know? That's I also they like. They should do in football, too. They should do that in all the sports. Just let them be honest. Right. There's Instead no me- of like when you lose and you like have to go be gracious. It's like, fuck, dude. If I lose anything, I'm like, ugh. 
That's ex- hated losing. Sorry, that's exactly what I like about it is that the me- there's no media training. It's just like, I'm dead last. You're asking me what I think about this. I'm pissed right now. Are you serious? Uh, and then also, I do love that. I like how international it is. Like, I, I realize I don't like football. I don't like fucking baseball. It's so insular in the United States. I love to see, like, drivers and people and from around the world, you know? Yeah. Like, fucking Swedish people on the snow oh, race. Yeah. They know how to race on the snow. Like, they just kick ass in every round. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, it's very interesting. And I like to, you know, Japan is huge into racing, and they've got a lot of good drivers. And it feels like pro wrestling to me. It's just yeah. one of those global things that shit going fast appeals to everybody, you yeah. know? That's cool. That's cool. Uh, I did see this week. It, it boosted my spirits a touch. I saw earlier today old uh, Dr. Fauci. I'm a big Dr. Fauci guy. You know? Are you? Oh, God, yeah. I just stand up and I'm like, I can't believe it's Dr. Fauci on TV. But he said that Johnson & Johnson gimmick could be approved in the next two weeks. And it's like, oh, I've been sitting around pinning all my hopes on that Johnson & Johnson thing. So at least if it gets approved, I'll have one day where I'm like, well, that's nice. Okay. And then they'll botch the shit out of it. And I'll be like, oh, God damn it. Johnson and Johnson, for people that don't know, have a one-shot deal, and that is that's so preferable to me. A guy that's afraid of needles, anyway. I was kind of hoping by the time my turn came around, they would have one of those ones that can shoot it up your nose. Okay, because that's how I get my flu shot. I get really? it squirted up my nose. Yeah, they can do that. Yeah, I'm afraid of needles, dude. Do you have to request that? My doctor is like, "Hey, I know you're a fucking antsy freak." Uh, let me give you, uh, I'll shoot it up your nose. And I'm like, all right, fuck it then. You know, I got my flu shot on Thursday with the needle. I haven't done it yet, but I'm not going anywhere. I'll never go anywhere again. Sure. I'm, I'm at a low point, a low, a low. I'm at a low right now. Winter. My wife and daughter and I have been sitting and talking about it. And it's just like winter is the dog shits during a pandemic. Have you talked to, um, my doctor, uh, recommended I get one of those sad lamps? Like, like the full spectrum. And he said, he said, now this is something I hadn't heard before. Cause I heard, I know people like leave them while they work all day, work all day. He said to take your shirt off and like, let it soak in on your whole body for like an hour. Not going to do that. So instead what I've been doing is I wake up, I woke up on Friday and I just took my shirt off and worked in front of the window with, the, with all the windows open and just let it soaked into my back. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take my shirt off and sit in front of a lamp. I can't imagine something more of a nightmare to me. Well, I mean, your regular existence sounds like a nightmare, I think, to most people. So, naked in front of a lamp is an improvement for me. Well, if there's sun, I'm outside all day. So, if there is sun, I'm going to be... You got to get some exposure, though. You gotta let your chest. You gotta let your chest out. I usually don't wear my hood, which today was very weird because, like I said, it's it's cold as shit out there, and it, there's moisture. My whole beard was ice. Yeah, that's that's fine. There. And I was just like, as soon as I got home, I was like, oh, oh my, that's a lot of ice. Really rough walk today. Very sore, you know, because everything's slippery. Uh 
It's all slick outside because of the uh, 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 sleet. It's called sleet. It's not quite rain, not quite snow, and it's very slippery. I fell once. You did? Yeah, I took a spill. That's but good I for your core. Myself. It wasn't a good. That's good for your reflexes. Yeah, that builds tendon strength. It wasn't a good fall. It didn't. There were a few times. There's a few those those ones where it's like a half one, where you like feel yourself going and you catch yourself, and then for like a minute afterwards, you're like, oof. I almost went, you know, Mm -hmm. I felt the, I felt the momentum and I was somehow able to shift out of it. And then you feel kind of good about it, but it was just, I couldn't pick up speed. You know, I was trying to get speed because I am closing these rings, you know, trying to close the rings every single day, no matter what the weather is. Uh And, uh, it's hard. It's hard to do. It is. But, uh. Not act, it's, it's, it's easy to not be active. 14 days in a row. It's actually harder for me to not be active than it is to... Like, it's easier for me to walk. Because my brain will just... If I don't do it, I spend all day being like, you didn't walk, you piece of shit. Mm-hmm. You know? So, but I, it's been getting shorter. My my uh, During the winter, my numbers go way down because it's just like... I spend all day outside. Yeah, Everybody easy. that's outside is miserable. You know, nobody's like happy to be out. You know, when it gets warmer out, maybe when that Johnson and Johnson gets in my in my veins. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm really pinning some hope on Johnson and Johnson. Help. They said you could throw that in the regular damn refrigerator too. Yeah, no deep cold storage or anything. Yeah, you can just get that from Kroger. Get, it, get it on pickup. Them motherfuckers really went in and were like, okay, yeah, go ahead. Release yours early. We're going to be the one that saves the world. You know, if they're making them now, it just, the numbers to me on the vaccines, because I read about them every day now. All I read about is the vaccine now. I I spend a lot of time uh, saying like, how's this distribution working? How are they doing this? What's the rollout going to be like? (laughs) That's exactly how I act. I'm like, What's this distribution like? How many? How many is each person getting? Where's the? Where are they going? Is this going to be vertically integrated? Yeah, yeah. I act like I have a logistics background <laughs> or something. It's like put them in a big truck. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I mean, you were pro just shooting people with darts from like a Google Maps car or something. I am. I am for that. <laughs> I am for that for sure. I wish they could like f- find out on your cell phone if you have it, <laughs> and if you don't have it, just somebody just shoot you with a dart, and it's like you're vaccinated, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And just drive off. It's yeah. like uh, we're. I'm trying to get as many people in this vaccine as possible. I want them all to get it. I I'll get it right away. The day. Well, actually, I'll be like, y'all got that Johnson and Johnson one. Cause I'm gonna come back. <laughs> I need a no more tears formula. <laughs> I don't want to have to come back, you know. I'm not. I was. I was good enough to keep this appointment. You know. Yeah. But it is like it is like watching shit happen, though. Does sort of help my psyche a little bit, you know. Like walking by the. I walk by arenas all the time, and they are starting to get stuff ready for long lines at the arenas. You know what I mean? Uh huh. So that they can do a a mass amount of them at one time oh you're talking okay you're talking about seeing it happening yeah i'm seeing them line up the arenas and get all that set up and it's like okay now when i can go there that'll put me in a good mood i know i know it's not gonna solve everything 
you know? I know you still gotta wear the goddamn mask for a while. I'm an anti-masker when this is over. Okay. You know, when this whole thing ends, I'm not wearing a mask. I saw a woman's face the other day, though, bothered the shit out of me. It was such a creepy experience. I was at the grocery store, and this woman had a medical mask with a window where her lips were. Yeah. And she was being nice. She was, like, smiling at everybody. She smiled at me and helped me get somebody's attention and stuff. But I was just like, ugh, ugh. I want to see your lips. You know what I mean? Because it's just been so long since you see a stranger's face. Yeah, really. In I have, public. The there was a, the the Street Fighters were talking about it, and there were a lot of people that were like, uh, "I don't have to wear makeup, and no guys ever tell me to smile again." Yeah. So like, I love the mask. This and woman I, was I, like, really just wanted to smile at everybody. It seemed. Yeah, like. that's she why she was just into it. Yeah, she bought it to show off the the diamonds there. Yeah, and and just she smiled at me a couple times and was very nice to me. Oh, hey, you know, and shit like that. And I was just like, gross. And you know, I have this look. I have the mm, I have a frown on all the time while I'm out. But because I like that, it's like nobody thinks I look antisocial and mean, right? In a mask because you can't see my disgust. Because I do get. A pretty nasty look when somebody's wearing their mask wrong, say. I go somewhere and I see someone wearing a mask wrong. And I'm like, what's your fucking problem, man? Right. Come on. We all know how you're supposed to wear these things. The the, the info's out there. Wear yeah. it right. God damn it. You know? I'm like a pull your pants up guy for masks. Pull your mask up. Okay? I think if people wear them because they're sick in the future, I'll be for it. You know, like yeah. maybe I'll consider doing that, like where it's like, oh, I don't feel well. I'll, I'll put a mask on. It's just a little thing. I don't want to spread it to other people in the place. That seems like a fucking nice thing to do. That is helpful. And that is an actual way to attack the uh, the flu virus, you know, because so early on, people, conservatives were saying the flu virus kills tens of thousands of people. And there is a very simple solution to bring those numbers down. Yeah, they were saying, I mean, I've heard a few times. Howard Stern has a doctor on almost every day at this point Okay, to talk about this stuff. And uh, this doctor was on there and said they're seeing lower flu numbers than ever this year. Of course. Because motherfuckers are wearing masks. And uh, it's not... The flu's not spreading like it usually does. I mean, COVID's like wildfire because people can't not eat at a restaurant or go see Dave Chappelle in concert. I don't think you can't see Dave Chappelle. Uh, not he's, right now, you can. Why? Because <laughs> he's got COVID. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't see that? No. Woo! He got COVID like last week and then all the pictures of him and groups of people without masks showed up online and it's just like, oh, Dave, you know. You're a super spreader now. That's the thing about it is like, I think it would be humiliating to have put on a show and then it became a super spreader event. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that would be the part for me that would be like, oh, okay, well, I feel bad now. You know, I, my, I, I did terrified thinking I could give this thing to anybody. You know, if I had it, right. I would be like, oh, no, just I'm not leaving my bedroom, you know? Yeah, um, I had to go to a funeral today, uh, which sucked ass completely. And uh, still kind of worried about it, I'm sure. But I have also, this is the only time I've really rolled the dice. Uh, but also, this is, you can't really make special rules. There's no, sp- COVID, there's no special rules for COVID. There's no, like, sentimentality 
debuff that you get against COVID, you no. know? I see a lot of people make special rules in their mind, though. I do see that. And uh, uh, I'm just like, I don't know. My wife went to her parents' house, and she was just like, you don't have to go. And I was like, well, what's the fucking difference? If you go, I go. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, we breathe the same breath. Yeah. It's, but it, it, people are always like, well, you don't have to do it. And it's like, yeah, I know. But it's no different. If you go, then I go. Even yeah. if I don't go, I went. Yeah. You know? Trying to lower my viral load over here. Yeah. Was everybody masked up at the funeral? I walked in immediately and saw two people without masks on. And then my wife went to go put her coat down and I just walked outside. <laughs> I was just, I did one of those, hey, yo, yeah, yeah, I just pointed, just made it sound like I was busy or had something else to do and just walked outside. Yeah, I love that move. I also ran a stopwatch the whole time. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, yeah, so I knew how much exposure we had to it. And I was like, we're getting close to an hour here, so I need you to wrap this fucking thing up. Yeah. But I was in and out. Um, I regret it, you know, but I don't know what to do, really. Uh, it's hard with social graces these days. Those things, no one, people think you're being an asshole if you tell them it's a bad idea. They think that, like, you hate the person that died or something, and they don't think that they're worthy of getting together for. And, and I don't know how I can ever disconnect that. There's, it's the same thing with weddings. It's like, but we really love each other and we're going to say we love each other publicly. Why wouldn't you be there? And it's, well, I mean, because of the, that thing, COVID trumps, I don't know why I use that word. COVID is on, is on top of everything else. Like it, it comes before your weddings, your funerals and all the important things in life. That is the, the number one thing to consider. Yeah. It can still get you it, even if it, like people's love is true. Even if, <laughs> Right. Even if it's a sad, sen even if it's like a t movie experience, you know what I have to say though? God damn, that funeral was good. It had so much broken family dysfunction. My wife has her, this is her first grandparent to ever die. And we had two groups of people that would not make eye contact, eye contact with us or talk to us. And we honestly don't know what we did besides share Black Lives Matter stuff over the summer. Yeah. But her uncle is like a fucking 50 year old man and he won't even talk to her. And it's like, dude, you're the, you're an adult here, right? 50. Yeah. What are you mad about? Why don't you just say something? It's very weird. I loved it though. I, I felt good about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. I, I just, you know, my wife's been pretty good about being like, no, nah, we're not doing it. But she also goes to her parents where it's like, I don't trust. You know, I said this about her. I said this about her sister. I was like, I don't trust your fucking sister. She went to Las Vegas a couple months ago. Sure. Like, why would I trust her to to not have it? Yeah. You know, absolutely. Numbers are so high. I mean, the chances are getting pretty big that if you're in a group, you're going to run into somebody that has it. <clears throat> to me, I feel like I the numbers I see. I mean, you're up in the hundreds of thousands of cases now, and I just I'm just like, well. I hope I don't get a bad case of it. I That's, hope I'm asymptomatic because we, it feels like I'm getting it. We, we watched Toy Story 2 last night, or Toy Story 3. No, Toy Story 2, sorry. Uh, where this big bad bear is like at the end throwing them all into a garbage compactor and they like all start holding hands as like a sign of solidarity because they're all going to die together. And 
my wife asked me to go to the funeral. I'm like, so you're just asking me to like hold your hand as we like go into the fire. Is that all this is? Like, we're just going to jump into this? Yeah. Well, I mean, if she had gone and you didn't, it was still the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. In a way. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know, you make it through. Whatever happens, happens. There's nothing you can really fucking do. I know, I know. I like agree. you said, people, people, social, people are such so weird. They can't like divorce the the social shit from like they get their feelings hurt. Just, they do. You're just like, dude. I just don't want to. I mean, I got a thing tomorrow where I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I got a birthday thing tomorrow, and uh, uh, I said I don't want to do it. And they were like, well, it's in a garage, and I'm like, garage the same as a house. Yeah. It's exactly the same fucking thing. You know what I mean? You got to lift the door some. It's the same it's not the basic same. thing being in a garage as it is a house to me. Okay. Kind of. I guess if you lift the door a little bit or something. I just don't know what the fucking protocols are going to be. Uh-huh. And I said not to do it. You know what I mean? But my birthday just so happens to fall around the same time as somebody who is 15 who is not going to give up their birthday. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just said, you know, you don't got to worry about me, man. I just lay around the house and watch movies. That'll make me happy right yeah. now. You know? And, uh, uh let I'm me do gonna, some incredibly selfish shit instead. Maybe that's what I wanted to do. That's yeah. what I wanted the whole thing to be. I was mm-hmm. like, let's not get together. It's fucking cold. I was like, if you, if you guys feel like you absolutely a hundred percent have to celebrate my birthday, let's do it in fucking June 18th to six months out. From it when it's fucking warm out and we could be outside. I'm trying to get through this winter without getting COVID. Yeah, That's we're my goal. so close right now. We're so close to be playing around and, and people are like, you know, towards the end of the summer, everyone figured out that if you all sat up far away from each other outside with masks on, all of a sudden you got a little bit of confidence and now they're like, well, it's kind of like that if we leave a door open. It's like, it's yeah. not. No. There's a fan yeah. going. There's a there's a ceiling fan going. Yeah. I don't think that's the same. No, it's not. I feel lucky I haven't gotten it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like really super lucky. That, like, I I even started thinking about it today. I was like, man, I might get through this thing without getting it, which I think would be incredible, you know? Yeah, I, um, I mean, I think, I don't think feel lucky. I, I've just, I've been on the Earl sweatshirt program. I don't do shit. I don't go outside. Like, that's how I know I haven't, why I haven't gotten it. I think I, for me, it was like, this is, this was my big first dice roll. I am a gambler. I know the stats. Um, we had the N95s on. Uh, but well, you're probably good then. If you guys were wearing masks and most of the people there were wearing masks, I would, I, I, I tend to believe it wasn't, it was probably a 90%. I didn't talk to anybody without a mask. I, there was somebody that in the coat room that didn't have a mask on. And I said, I'm not staying in here. I feel uncomfortable. And my wife looks at me like big eyed and is like, what do you mean? I'm like, this is a super spreader event. There's people who are not wearing masks. And when I came back, the guy was wearing a mask. So yeah. I think it worked. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, you had to go out to the sticks too. That's a, that's, that's also not- the dice roll too. That's a, one of the other things I said to my wife when she went to her parents' house is like, I just they live an hour out of town. If this thing was happening in downtown Columbus, I would almost feel better about it because people follow the fucking rules here. Right. Every time I've left the fucking city, even if it's just to go ten minutes out to the suburbs. 
I see people fighting about the goddamn mask, yep. not wearing the goddamn mask, wearing fucking panties on their face, or trying to make some fucking crazy ass statement about the goddamn mask, where it's just like, just put the fucking thing on, man. Just wear the fucking thing, please. There's new variants. Yeah. That's the thing that also keeps getting me. I saw a guy posting the other day, uh, oh, these new variants, I mean, they might even end up, doesn't know anything. Yes. Not a doctor or anything. Just some guy posting that read the same damn articles I read. These new variants, they might not even be affected by the vaccine. And it's like, what, what are you helping? Right. What help is that? What, where does that get? You're not a doctor. You're just some guy. And I understand you're just some guy. I shouldn't take it seriously. But like, I saw that. And then I started thinking like, I'm going to be in quarantine for the rest of my life. I got a 16 year old fucking daughter who says her best friends are her parents. Right now. <laughs> this has to end. Yeah, we have to stop this. We have to save this little girl's life. I know. <laughs> Nobody that's 16 wants no, to hang out no. with their parents as much as my daughter does. <laughs> yeah, I'm, she I'm, says I'm you're tore my, up about this. I'm sicker than hell. I know. When she said, you're my best, you guys are my best friends. I haven't seen anybody else. And she hangs out with her mom all day. And, and it's just like... It's just like, oh my God, a fucking teenager is, and her friends are like getting together and shit. Oh. Uh, and she won't go. Yeah. And then they're acting like the, oh, well, Gwen doesn't want to do anything. It's like, right. it's not that she doesn't want to do anything. It's that she doesn't want to get COVID and give it to me. Yeah. And so, you know, we sit around and watch TV all the time. I feel for her, man. I, I, my daughter watching a 16 year old go through this. And, and like, you know what I told her the other day where she was out driving me around and I just went like this. Hey, dude, people fucking will tell you adults that are past their prime, that haven't done shit with their lives, that don't do anything, will tell you that these are the best days of your life. And they're not. And they're fucking arguably some of the worst days of your life. And when you we're going to get on the other end of this. And you're going to find your people and you're going to do things that, you know, that I would have never done even, you know, she's cooler than I was. She's fucking listening to my bloody Valentine these days. Wow. Yeah. She tried to hit me to him. <laughs> That's funny. And I never heard him. She's like, I have mean, you ever heard my bloody Valentine? And I was like, no. Still classic rock. She's like, uh, uh, well, check it out. And I turned it on and I was like, this doesn't sound like anything to me. This doesn't sound like music. I don't know what this is. I will listen to it five more times and then give up totally on it. Okay. Well, at least you gave it five. <laughs> yeah, because with music like that, with music like My Bloody Valentine or like a lot of garage rock sometimes, you have to adjust your brain to listen to it. Like I had two with garage rock. The first time I heard some of that garage rock I got super into... I was like, this sounds just like a fucking wall of fuzz. It doesn't sound like anything. It doesn't sound like music. And then after a while, I was like, these are fucking great pop songs. So yeah, if, if I play something, I know Tom Sexton really likes My Bloody Valentine. He's a, he's a big MBV fan. And you know, mm -hmm. with Gwen being into it, Gwen has some pretty good taste. She does it. She does well. 
these influencers on Instagram and YouTube and Twitch, they oh, it's easy throwing out some hip shit, man. And yeah. dude, I didn't have that. See, but I don't know. I I just I'm not trying to be contrarian, but there that's living in the past though. That's something that like is not happening. And you were a part of a musical wave. Like you were a part of a cutting edge brand new musical movement that also TikTok and Instagram people are talking about like it was the best days of music instead of looking backwards and saying I missed out on it. But I would say that 90% of her playlists are new. Well, that's music. good then. And then it's like she's she throws you know, these, these older bands, these, she likes, I figured it out because I looked up my bloody Valentine and I looked up a playlist they were on. She likes old alternative. Cause I scrolled through or early alternative. Cause I scrolled through and all the bands she likes was in this, on this one playlist. I was like, Oh, I know exactly what she's into now. Like I can find everything she's listening to, but yeah, it's just these, these, uh, uh, Instagram people will wear the shirts and then be like, oh, I really like this yeah, this band. And then she'll listen to them and then be like, oh, yeah, I like this. And it's just, it blows me away because it's like at the time, yeah, I was into something like really cool at the time, but I don't think I was ever into anything hip at the time. You know what I mean? Like at the time, cool people thought I was a loser. You know what I mean? Like actual real cool people, not Groveport. No. I was cool in Groveport. But like outside, if I had met like the first time I ever met like really hip, cool people, they did not think I was very cool. And they wouldn't have thought I was very cool. And and like I missed out on so much stuff by just being like, uh no, I only like music if it's heavy. And if it's not heavy, it sucks. Right. I missed out on a lot of shit, you know? Sure. Which these I mean my daughter misses out on so much shit because she's like if it if it's heavy, she doesn't like like I think I'm hoping this My Bloody Valentine thing because I finally checked them out. I like I said, and they're pretty loud. It's yeah. like very loud music, and I'm like maybe it'll get her into heavy stuff. Like it, it is like close. It is creeping up as it is moving as close to heavy as she's ever gotten. But the tempo isn't there. I know, but we'll see. You know. It's close. It's very loud and very distorted. Almost to the point where I said, what kind of music is this? Like synth? Because I thought it was synthy. I had never heard them in my life. Nobody uh-huh. had ever told me to check them out. Okay. Or anything, you okay. Know? I was like, is it synthy? She was like, I don't know what instruments they're playing. <laughs> and when I turned it on, I was like, it's guitars. Turned like just mess. It just sounded like a mess to me. But yeah. I want to give them a chance. I want to give. I want to. I want to be turned on to that stuff too. So I'm. I'm. I'm trying. I think also um, those are good foundational elements to uh, who you are and the, your scene you are, are in. Uh, and as she turns twenty or whatever, uh, she'll find the bands that the music that people are making right now that liked. You know, My Bloody Valentine or yep. Yola Tango or Sonic Youth or and she'll be friends with fucking pe- any of that. She'll be friends with people that are into that same stuff. Jesus and Mary Chain. I saw yeah. them live in, in Texas one time. That was a good show. Yeah, she'll be into the people that are in she'll she'll be she'll make friends with people that like that same stuff, which will then push her towards Whatever she's going to end up doing, wherever asymmetrical haircuts, asymmetrical haircuts, facial piercings. Yeah, well, she might. We 
We, I almost got Katie. She's trying to talk me and Katie into going with her, and all three getting our nose pierced. Wow, in different <laughs> places. <laughs> No. Or all the matching. Matching ones? Yeah. I told you this COVID is wreaking havoc on teens. Now they're like, me and my mom and dad will go get piercings. And I said, ah, you know what? A nose piercing doesn't really work with my thing. What about bridge of the nose for you? Nothing. No piercings. I can't have them. Bull ring in the front would be cool. Can't have them. The only Something. one I would get is the lip one on the side. Okay. I always wanted that. A ring? Yeah, I always wanted a hoop right here. Uh-huh. But it doesn't work with my thing. Sure. You know? And that's the thing. I, I That's what I told her. I was like, it doesn't work with my thing, but I'd be perfectly willing to pay for her and Katie to oh. get their noses pierced. All right. We've been jabbing a lot. Let's get the call. But I also, actually, as soon as we turned 18, we would get bored and all go get piercings all the time. I have some old holes in my body, in my nipples. <laughs> I have my eyebrows done. I have my eyebrows done. I told her I'm Multiple I, ears. I said we could do it. I, I said I'll take you two if you two want to do it. I'd be totally down with it. I just, I sort of feel like, uh, uh, I, I feel weird uh, I, I feel weird getting a piercing now. Well, you're afraid it's, it's, of needles. They can't do it on your. They can't do well, it. Well, I used to have piercings. I had two eyebrows in both ears. And yeah, I'm 42. Yeah, what? I mean, you don't get another chance to get them now. I know. It's over. Okay. It's the same with the tattoo thing. I'm I think just 42. It could be over, or it could be a new beginning of a non-anxious life. Dude, everybody would make fun of me if I got piercings. Dude, everybody. Well, sorry, real quick. My uh, my nurse this week, she had the inside of her ears, like some weird little notch <clears throat> on the inside of her ear pierce, and I wanted to get it so bad. She said it was a, a an acu- acupuncture point, though, for her migraines, and that's why she got them pierced. And that's like such an old person reason to get a piercing. So I'm gonna just going to do that, I think. I'm going to get, uh, oh, like, Monroe piercings, like little balls, and just say, oh, it's an acupuncture point. Well, you're time. good. You you yeah, I am already, already have the stuff. Aesthetic. It's okay for you. Like, a guy picking it up at my age is cool. Odd. No, it's like buying a motherfucking sports car. Is it? Yeah. 100%. I don't think so. It's like a guy with a little dick buying a sports car. No. Is what it, yeah. It is. Which it's fine if you got a little dick. I'm totally okay with that. I uh, I disagree. I, I think that um, I think a piercing is not as much as a sports car. Piercing says, "Hey, I'm badass. I'm not a police officer," and uh, it's an easy easy way to to let people know that. Well, I I uh, let's take some calls. Maybe <laughs> maybe somebody can talk me into it, but it's not happening. Thanks for going street fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, you're talking to uh, Klimdra from. Twitter. I'm Luke. Hey, Luke. First time, long time listener. How's it going? Uh, Don't tell me to get a piercing. I am. You do what you want, Brian. This is it's your life. You got to live it. Um, yeah, the first time I've been on the radio in a long time. The only other time was Tom Likas. Yeah. Which was yeah, Barber. That was the most embarrassing call of my life because I wasn't, I had just started listening to him and I was like 17. Oh no. And it was like about the Olympics. So I was like, oh, I'm going to riff about ping pong with him. And then it was just him embarrassing me on the radio for like what seemed like forever. But you know what though? I- I'm going to tell you this. Very brave to call a shock jock. I think 
that anybody who's ever called a shock jock, I, I, I look up to that. Because that is, like, you were asking to be made fun of, by the way. Like, you're never going to call in to one of those shows and riff because they see themselves on such a higher level than you. You know, I never heard anybody call yeah. Lycus and riff with him. He he mostly either tore them apart or just agreed with them. Yeah, no, that's totally the case. But like when you're 17, you don't know like the rules of the radio. And so you call in like, oh yeah, we're equals here. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But they also... I mean, they need calls. So the way that they phrase it is call in and, you know, have your input. But, you know, I I, I just heard how they talk to other people. And I was like, I fucking know I'm going to call in and stammer. And he's going to make fun of me. And then I'm going to get all nervous. And then he's going to hang up on me. And I'm going to look like a dipshit. <laughs> yeah. No, but for real. Tom Likas is the worst. I actually, I remember this because I was like, oh, I'm going to call him tonight. And I went back and listened to some Tom Likas. I don't even under, appalling, but whatever. Very. Uh, I have something I wanted to plug, if that's okay. That's fine with me. Cool. So uh, I'm working with a group called Solidarity, which is like the socialist group. We're putting on a talk uh, with Mike Davis. Who is this like kind of well-known author? He's written things like Planet of the Slums, which is about urban runaway urbanization and Set the Night on Fire, which is like about uh, civil unrest in LA in the sixties, which is pretty cool. But the talk we're having him here for is just kind of like the crisis after Trump. Uh, and we're going to address things like climate change, uh, uh, Black Lives Matter, hopefully, um, where we stand after Trump in this weird period where we have a president who's going to do nothing uh, and the economic and COVID crisis that's been going on for the last year. Um, and it's going to be going on uh, February 1st, 8 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And it's going to be on Zoom. So if you want to sign up, you can go to www.solidarity-us org and there's going to be like an ad in the corner you can click on uh, or we have a pin tweet if you go to at solidarity us on twitter uh, there's going to be a pin tweet with all the info too so, awesome thanks guys you rule oh you're welcome thanks uh, for calling on in the not so free world yeah take it easy nice bye yeah appreciate it you know I've been thinking about like the after Trump thing and like Every time I have a positive feeling about what's going on, I just keep it. I just push it deep down inside. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I don't know if Joe Biden's not going to do anything. I mean, he's probably not going to do anything, but I'm just sitting around hoping he does, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, obviously that Bernie meme shows, I think, where the, the temperature of the country is at uh, and what people really thought about this thing, which is they feel like they were forced to be happy about this and sitting in a chair with their arms and legs crossed. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, uh, I don't know. I, 
you know, I I also feel like I'm the I'm also a negative ass motherfucker, which is fine. I'm comfortable being that way. But you know, yes, there will be some some environmental stuff that will be announced, but there will be no serious uh, there will be no serious plan to save anything for a hundred years from Man, now. I I saw that we're thing. such last minute. Don't do the work, you know, procrastinating people that I, I've given up on environmentalism 100%. Like, just let it burn into a husk. It's not a bad, it's not bad. It's just the way of the world, you know? <laughs> There's no, you don't need to be subjective about how the world, how the world dies or humanity goes away. You don't have to think that it was good or bad. It's just something inevitable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I and, just and saw that Joe thing. Biden is the guy that's going to keep it running. I just saw that thing where. They were talking about making it so you can quit your job and get unemployment if it's if they flaunt COVID re- re- restrictions and shit like that. And it's just like, well, that's, yeah, that's an improvement. That's good. Sure. No, I yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's, so it's I'm just it's, like I'm I'm I know that he's not going to do anything great and he's not going to do nearly enough. But I'm just like maybe he'll do some good stuff there will no i think it's right but but overall the slide towards uh another fascist uprising is still happening you know the more they gloat and pretend like it's not happening and they're also going to keep managing they're going to keep uh managing all of our expectations and giving us the least amount possible to keep the same status quo together the status quo is killing us all if we don't remove ourselves from that you know like it's been said on on a lot smarter podcast than ours, but like liberalism is violence. Mm-hmm. Like what they're choosing the level of violence that we current currently have to make everything feel nice again. Yeah, and it, radicals are the ones that are willing to accept the violence to make the world just again, to make sure that Black Lives Matter, to make sure that uh, lives outside of the United States matter, to make sure that the the war effort matters, and that the the actual planet matters in a way that doesn't care about the protection of fossil fuels you know yeah absolutely shutting down keystone is cool i like that i do like it yeah i mean you know i don't, I don't really know i i just uh, uh you don't have to i mean you you not there's be- no it's not black and nothing is yeah, black there's no. not an answer yeah it's just that if we it, the problem is is that they're not willing to, like the the entire Republican Party and all those people should be kicked out of society, polite society, excommunicated, and they should be the new right. The Democrats should be the right wing. You know, there's I no agree. reason to have unity, and that's what they want. And so they're inviting fascists back into the house again. They're trying to get you know people murdered. Yeah. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? They got too much to say. Hey guys, how are you doing? It's Labor Lift. Hey, Labor Lifts. How's it going? How's everything happening? How's the lifting? It's going good. I was actually calling in to hear about the Beast Factory. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hey, Brad, tell them about the Beast Factory. Everybody needs to know about the Beast Factory. I I mean, it's just my garage. Yeah, but it's cool. It's, uh, you know, it's making do. Yeah, you got to talk it up. It's, uh, I mean, it is the place, you know, where, uh, I get right, you know, I get all my, uh, strength and conditioning in. I have all, a lot of hand me down equipment and, uh, you know, just leftover hay bales that I'm using, but, uh, it works for me. This is, it's, Hell yeah. You got any good motivational posters up? I have not put any motivation. 
Well, you know, I have some of our Black Lives Matter posters. We hung them in the garage from over the summer. So I have some of the like uh, police budget stuff up there. So that's a good reminder of why I'm doing it. Uh, this was also, I mean, this was really the biggest issue for me with the winter in order to make it through is I was doing, I was running over the summer, which was great because I was like a 30, 45 minute thing. I got to be outside. I got to once again, soak up that vitamin D. And then, uh, during the winter, it's hard to get to that level of exhaustion. And my mother-in-law gave me a total gym the uh, Chuck Norris thing. She got it from a garage sale for 20 oh, yeah. bucks. And I like it. I really do like it. Does that kick pads? Can you kick it? No, it's, it's like a, it's like a, uh, it's like a, uh, what are the cable? It's like a cable machine. Oh God. <laughs> so you can do push up. You can do like pull ups. You can do presses. You can do, you know, everything on it. That is nice. Yeah, that's basically a double cable stack, right? Yeah. Essentially. That sounds kind of nice. I mean, I've never done a pull-up before, so that might be something. That might be a good goal. It is a start. You get One to do pull-up. You get to do it on like an incline. So okay, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. I'd kill to have a cable stack right now. I've just got the uh, free weight. Are you uh, uh, training people right now? Actually, yeah, I was going to throw out a shout out. Um, a couple of street fighters actually got in touch with me to uh, ask about training. So that's been really cool. Nice. That's great. Nice. Uh, as far as the certification, I take that test next weekend. Okay. Okay. And then are you going back to the gym? I know you're in Texas, right? Florida. Florida. Well, same thing. I mean, you can still go to the gym, right? Uh, it's not looking too good here, COVID-wise, and I've got some family that are uh, immunocompromised, so I'm just working online right now. Oh, okay. So you're like holding off until Johnson and Johnson. You're you're in Johnson and Johnson territory, like me. Yeah, just on lockdown until uh, until we find out more about the vaccine. I guess. I I think the thing about it, I think the thing that gets guys like me all riled up is that I have been good and I want to be bad. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like where it's like, I want to just be a guy that has, like in my mind, I want to be a guy that like doesn't fucking care and will just go to a restaurant and eat and fucking be like, fuck it. If I get it, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I I want to be the guy that flies to Las Vegas because everything's cheap right now. Yeah. You know, like, that's who I want to be. I can't be that. I'm not that person. Yeah. You know, I'm a nervous person. Yeah, I'm just trying to do enough push-ups that I become, like, immune to COVID. Yeah. So I'll let you know how that goes. Yeah, that's the other thing. I've been doing, I have, a, there's an app I use called Freeletics that I like a lot, and, uh, a lot of the advanced training is kind of building you up to pistol squats and one-armed push-ups, which I think are like the oh, sweet. the best replacement for like those are the hardest maneuvers that'll give you the most like I, I guess uh, ch- the biggest challenge without actually having to buy weights and everything. Yeah, they're definitely at the more intense end of the calisthenics uh, spectrum. There, have have you ever seen? Um what they call an Aztec push-up. No, I don't know it. If um, clap push-ups and one-arm push-ups 
had a, a horrific baby, it'd be the Aztec squat. Oh, that or is... Aztec push-up. It looks awesome. I do cl- I do clapping push-ups right now, uh, but I am going to get get here. I my my two favorite right now are clapping and archer push-ups. Uh, but I have oh, no- I like the um the typewriters. You go down, you move your body to one side and then the other and back up. Oh, that sounds good too. There's there's a, there's so many variations I have not tried. Oh, dude, I made a video on YouTube where I uh, looked up as many push-up variations as I could find and tried to do all of them. Touch your toes. I think I might be able to do this. I've been doing like knee jumps and stuff. Oh, I'm gonna give this one a try. Did you just say touch your toes? I can't even do that. So. No, no. You you do a push-up and push yourself in the air, and as you're in the air, you touch your you bring your feet forward, touch your toes, and then land back again. Hmm, seems impossible. I can't even touch my toes just standing there. I'm not a flexible guy. The last time I tried it, I nearly broke a toe. Yeah. um, Yeah, it seems intense. Yeah. Yeah, it is intense. Uh, So so do you think Brett... Brett, I'll make sure Brett posts pictures of the Beast Factory sometime. Because it's really like the Russian part of Rocky IV is really what he's working with in there. The what? The Russian part of Rocky Four, where no. he's like breaking I'm, logs and it's crummy. Yeah, uh, Drago's whole the, facility. Drago no, has that. everything. I thought you meant I'm the Rocky though. Yeah, you're Rocky. That's okay. what I was trying to say. You said the Russian part. The Russian part to me when is when Rocky's the, in Russia. Got it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like when Rocky goes to Russia and he like uh uh he like saws out a little bit and he's like lifting logs instead of weights. That shit's cool. You should do that. That's just something I'm into. Labor list, that might be a way to get people into develop the Rocky uh, 4 workout. They've got a um, strongman implement they call the log. Okay. So you're trying to overhead press a a really thick, round thing. It's uh, it's intense. The thing alone weighs a ton, and then they're stacking a couple hundred pounds on it. It's ridiculous. Nice. Okay, well, uh, thanks for calling, Labor Lifts. It's good to hear from you. Got anything to plug? Uh, not so far. I'm taking that test on Saturday, and I'll let you guys know how it goes. Yeah, and contact Labor Lifts. He can help you work out. He can help you build yeah, your own beast wants to factory. Do online training. Yes, yes, please. Have a good night, buddy. Yeah, you guys have a good one. Take it easy. Peace. All right. All right. Uh, He's not playing with that thing. I can't help it. Why? It costs a lot of money. Oh. Well, move it away from me. It's very fun to play with. It's a spinny thing. It's got... It's it's like a thing that spins. So it's fun to play with. Yeah, okay, I understand. I understand. It was just dry. It was just like I was worried that you were going to bend it the wrong way. And then all of a sudden I have to buy another fucking gimbal. Yeah. All right. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, guys. How's it going? All right. How are you? I got to say, uh, I'm doing all right. I just commented in the chat that I wasn't sure that finding out there are 10 different kinds of push-ups I didn't know existed is maybe not helping my Sunday scaries at the moment. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I would never do a, a, a you can start push up. You can start doing push ups against the wall. Like if you can't do one on the ground, and you can't do them on your knees. You can do them against the wall to start. There's a push up for every every reason in your life. I probably, to be honest, I do need to do some strength stuff. I'm a, I cycling is kind of my thing. I've never really been into going to the gym. I played football and like pee wee football and uh, junior high, and then quit after ninth grade when they instituted mandatory weightlifting. And I just had this idea in my head that you were supposed to be able to bench press your own weight because other people who had been lifting longer than I uh-huh. uh, had started lifting could. And it, I just felt bad about it. Um, but people tell you crazy shit about bench pressing. Probably. Yeah. You know what? That is that is a really big issue, though, to be honest. I think that people uh, freak themselves out about what they're they expect to be able to do. But once you're in once you're in a gym, I've never had anybody shame or say anything about what I've done. And usually they're pretty supportive. I mean, someone that goes to the gym every single day for five years uh, is not going to be surprised if you can't lift your own body weight if they just started seeing you hang around the gym. And they're going to be pumped that you try. I mean, most of the worst workout junkies are just addicted to effort, like because effort is what pays off, and and other people putting in the effort is what they get off on. You know, that's how I feel about it. Absolutely, good to hear. I mean, who knows? I guess when all this is over and uh, we can actually do things indoors uh, again. I might actually consider it, but for now, yeah, I, I, was, I might just try to start some uh, stuff on, like, find some sort of YouTube regimen to keep myself accountable or something. Yeah, yeah. whatever it is. I mean, and also, I mean, just you, you just got to, like, like, you know, with the New Year stuff, setting your goals, they have to be very small. If you haven't worked out in a very long time, you're not going to go to an hour a day uh, anytime soon, you know? My actually, yeah, my minimum enough. workout is one a week. Like in my worst times of my life, I'd get one workout a week, and I'm like, I did the bare. I did enough to <laughs> to feel like I should keep going to next week. Yeah. You know, like yeah. if I put in enough effort that I tried. You know, if if I if I don't do one in a week, it's it's like it's all over. I'm unmoored. Yeah, absolutely. What is the how do you guys keep yourself accountable when you like, cause inevitably, right. You sort of slip. And, uh, like I set a goal for myself for cycling. We had decent weather here. Um, and there's this kind of, you don't have to do it with other people, but just ride 500 kilometers between Christmas and New Year's. Uh-huh. I was able to do that. I got to 501. Um, and then since New Year's just have been totally off it. I actually did do an hour of like stretching and yoga. And I felt like I was just like, sore but also hadn't been doing anything just sitting around but it's once i kind of get off my rhythm it's like hard to actually get back on yeah for me i think the the one that i literally complain as i am putting the clothes on i think that i found that like if you get to make the decision am i going to work out today or not it's very easy to say no uh if you have on your workout shirt your 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 athletic shoes and your shorts you're you're there you know like you you are ready to do it so i find that what i do on the, on my worst days is like 
I don't know why I do this shit. I don't have abs. You know, I don't have the body I want. You know, my lungs are. But as I'm as I'm complaining and as I'm talking myself of working out, I'm taking off my regular clothes. I'm putting on, you know, my climb a cool shirt. Uh, I, I'm going and I'm starting to just do stretching to get it started. And, you know, like 90 seconds into a workout, you're like, all right, I got this. Like it's, it really is a matter of just forcing your body to get in position to do it because your mind will always find a reason to, to convince you why, why you shouldn't. So I, I just really ignore all that stuff where I say it out loud or just, you know, you got to let those thoughts just, you, you think them and then you let them go, you know? I don't feel like it. I don't have the energy. I'm sore. I ate too much. I have all these reasons. But uh, now that I started moving around a little bit, I'm I'm feeling like I can do this. I think you just named the thing that I kind of knew sort of intuitively but wasn't able to describe, which is like once I get outside, I feel good that I'm moving. But like getting yourself in that spot. Yeah, and that's in, in like the afterwards too. Like you got to remember the rest of the day. You have to remember like when it's um when it's an hour later, when it's two hours later, and you're like, wow, that that really turned my day around. That's the kind of stuff that gives you the conviction to when you're hemming and hauling or dragging your feet. Those are the type of things that make you say, nope, you know, you don't have a good excuse at all. You haven't done a goddamn thing except eat McDonald's all day and sit in front of the fucking computer or Netflix. You don't have any good reasons. And this is going to make you feel a million times better, you know? Yep. Yeah. I mean, the way I make myself Um, walk every day is that I'll feel bad if I don't. Like that, and it's really an unhealthy way to do it. So I, I wouldn't recommend my way of doing it. Um, I'll just uh, turn gears real quick. The reason that I wanted to to call in uh, briefly was uh, the shoplifting stuff that's come over uh, uh, a couple of episodes recently. Um, have you guys ever talked about these uh, collection letters that uh, some of the big box stores? Um, hire firms to send out to people to target them in a civil context as opposed to criminal? No, no. What what is this? So, basically, um, and, like, it's all, like, big clothing retail, uh, clothing retailers, like Lord & Taylor, as well as, like, other big box stores, like Walmart, Target, Home Depot. Um, They turn people's names over these collection firms sometimes they're lawyers sometimes not and then basically they employ collection practices where they send what are called dunning letters like just you know like collection agency letters but they look as though they're legal in effect so they refer to possible lawsuits that you might get visits from the sheriff um you know if you don't pay us now you're going to have like these extra litigation fees piled on top but what the reality of it is, is that many of these stores never follow up after the letters, basically. And like some of them, like Lord and Taylor have testified to this when they've gotten sued in depositions. Like they had a loss prevention guy say like, well, actually, um, we don't ever follow up because the cost of court uh, is too expensive. So they send out the letters and basically, you know, it doesn't cost them anything more than a sheet of paper and a postage stamp. And people feel threatened. So they send money in thinking that it's to avoid getting sued in civil court. So these are rack up millions of dollars. Sorry, go ahead. 
I just, I, 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 the premise here. So these are people that they know were stealing or, or got away or they found them on camera and then got their information. Yeah. It's people that lost prevention would have stopped. Um, so, you know, in whatever way that that takes place. Uh-huh. And the other thing actually that I wanted to touch base on is, um, if you guys knew about, uh, the lawsuit in Macy's for their loss prevention practices of essentially like, um, holding people like in like a mini like Macy's jail, like in Herald Square in New York. No, I, um, I had to go in the Schottensteins little room one time where I was locked in there. <laughs> I got caught stealing, <laughs> but uh, never Macy's. I never got caught. So I got caught as a teen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. I was, yeah, when I was broke as a teenager, and it was like one of those things where it started as necessity, and then eventually you just get so like careless about it and lazy, and I CVS and just didn't want to have to wait in line to pay for batteries, which of course have the like magnetic strip. So I walked through the doors. The I sort of like hesitated a minute and then proceeded out, and then you know some big dude came and pulled me back in and they made a copy of my photo in the uh, loss prevention room and told me I was banned from there. Which is also funny because later on as one of my like broke part-time jobs, I went on to be a photo clerk in a one-hour photo lab at a CVS. Um, but Macy's uh, had this like procedure of basically like detaining people. They would elicit confessions and like make them sign um, like agreement to repay, repay it, telling them that, you know, if you criminally prosecute you, and then once they've elicited the confession in the repayment agreement, they'd call the cops on them anyway. So I'm going to read this little from a, a federal court case, um, where they were sued for this, uh, quote, upon suspicion of shoplifting, a Macy's employee approaches the suspect, directs him to a quote, store jail complete with private search areas, handcuffs, and jail cells with adjoining desks. Upon detention, the employee performs a full-body search, inspects the contents of the accused shoplifter's wallet, and conducts an interrogation. In this litigation, the loss prevention employee also promises the detained shoplifter that he will be released so long as he, one, completes the promissory note, which is basically like this civil demand notice where you're agreeing to pay either now or in the future the civil penalty like that same type of like demand letter that I was talking about in two signs of confession. Yet contrary to the employee's representation, Macy's instead calls the police and the suspect is held until he is arrested, transferred to police custody, along with the supporting deposition prepared by a Macy's loss prevention employee. Um, so I guess that if I have a message, it's be careful about stealing from big box stores. And if you don't ever talk to them or agree to repay money. Um, if they send you these letters, uh, they're, they're not actually going to take, um, recourse again. Ignore them. Um, I called in in the past. I work as a public defender in the Bronx and we see this a lot with, um, Home Depot and, um, uh, Target at the Bay Plaza in, in the Bronx where people get arrested on stupid misdemeanor charges probably nothing happens in their in their criminal case like they get pled down to a non-criminal violation or just like goes away but it doesn't mean that they don't get one of these letters 
Um, but there, these companies are never going to bring litigation against them. In some cases, they hire a private firm. Uh, there's this company or law firm out of Florida that does this all over the country. It's called Palmer Reaper. And they were basically what they do is they buy it almost as though it's like a debt from, you know, like Target or Walmart yeah. or whatever. And then they get to keep a percentage of it. And then the rest of it, they send back to the company and they send out over a million of these a years, uh, a million of these a year, but they bring lawsuits really like fewer than 10 of the cases. So yeah, yeah don't send these guys a done. That's good to know. I follow um, Reddit. Has, there's a really good group on Reddit called loss prevention. And it's actually for, for loss prevention people like it's a it's for folks to talk about the internal structures at their job and i've read places like target uh will will document every time they've caught you stealing on cameras and wait until you get to like a felony amount before they bust you even so there's lots of good information there too if if you're really stealing out here you know like i was uh 15 10 years ago uh it is a lot there's a lot of good information there too And, and i appreciate that as well you know, I, I, uh, th- there's plenty of, I get plenty of old debt stuff too. It's like, you know, you have this debt that you got 10 years ago and we're calling to collect on it, but legally it won't be reported on your credit. And they're just playing the numbers. They're just trying to see who is scared enough today or, or has an extra $175 that they can squeeze out of them. Yeah. I've had a few people contact me yeah, and say exactly. Target is a place you don't want to fuck with. Target is is one of the places, like, maybe don't fuck with them too much. I mean, I'm sure we have listeners that have gotten away with it at Target, but, you know. You can't make it a regular. You can steal once, but not regularly, I guess. Yeah, don't make a career out of, I mean, you know, you don't want to make a career out of shoplifting anyway, because it's it's high risk. But uh, I hear Target's a bad place to try. All right. Well, thank- well, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, thanks for calling in. That's been enjoyable to chat. Yeah, yeah it's very helpful it. for our one. listeners who love to steal. I didn't know that. That's kind of also like those uh, pirating letters that you get in the mail, where they're like, "We know you stole fucking Game of Thrones. We saw you steal it. We got your number right here." We're going to take you to jail if you don't do it. They're not going to. It costs too much, and they want you to tweet about their content. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's the same sure. with Target. What if, what if you were like, well, I run a TikTok where I do Target fashion. I just can't. I don't make any money, so I have to steal all the clothes. They're like, oh, well, you know, you can join our new inf- influencer program. Yeah, yeah right. Now they'll throw you in jail. Yeah. Uh, but I, that is interesting because, like, I got, red light cameras was also a scam where they found that, like, they aren't technically legal. They can't put them on your driver's license or anything. It's just that the city can say that they caught you doing it and enough people pay. But all of them got shut down. And and this is for stealing, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they'll do anything to kind of... I mean, some places... It's playing the numbers. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? send out a letter, and like you said, I get those, you know, you have this debt from 15 years ago, and you're like, yeah, I ain't stupid enough to answer the phone for right. that. You know, like or I said, whatever. As soon as you make a payment, as soon as you make a payment, as soon as you take a call from one of our account managers, it refreshes the debt and makes it valid again. You know, yeah. it's like, no, I'm not touching that. Yeah, I don't fuck with that shit. Die, motherfucker. Yeah. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? 
Hello. Hey. Oh, hey. We haven't had a skelly in a while. Great. How are you? Who's this? No, I, I, I was, I was almost a skelly. I, I hit my Bluetooth button instead of the mute button, and so nothing happened. Uh, yeah, it's Ryan. How you guys doing? Great. How are you, Ryan? No, I'm all right. Uh, just be quick one today. I, I just want to register an official uh, street fight complaint against my neighbor for some anti-human, anti-social bullshit behavior. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Let's hear it out. So I'm in a subdivision. It's not. It's not the greatest place ever. But anyway, so we had one of our cars parked on the street out front of the house, which okay, fine, whatever. Um, we keep it out of the driveway so we can easily get in and out of the garage. Uh, one day, here, knock at the door. Uh, it's the police again. You recall, I'm the same one who called a while back, and they almost shot me that one time. Anyway, so bad experience with cops. But uh, he comes up and he's like, uh, "Yeah, we got a call. One of your neighbors called and said that this car has been out front of your house for 14 days. And I just want to let you know, there's a city ordinance that if it doesn't move in 20 days, then we can uh, we can tow it." Oh so, no! 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 Did you move? <laughs> no! Did they, did they fucking no! On, did they collar on the tire? Did okay. they, chalk, did they tire? chalk the tire? <laughs> no. So here's so here's no. So the cop. I mean, I, I'm fuck the police, right? But I'm glad he told me because it was this was six days before, so he at least told me to be so I could do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um. So we, I, uh, I put it, I put that one in the garage, and I switched it for another car which we are now moving just short of 20 days. Uh, so we're always in compliance because if you are going to call the police instead of talking to me, then I'm sorry, I'm not going to move my car. I think what it is is the guy across the street, I see him with his new balances and his suspenders and his really light blue jeans and his polo shirt, um, getting in and out of his GMC, like super duty. And I think he has trouble pulling out of the driveway. Oh, the car is across from it. Yes. But calling the police, why are you calling the police on that? Right. If you just talk to me, then I don't have to make your life a living hell. Right. But now you, you've made me do this because you insisted on calling the police instead of uh, leaving me a note or knocking on my door or asking me, hey, you know, your car's kind of in the way of me pulling out my driveway. Do you mind putting it somewhere else, like anywhere else on the block? Uh, but uh, so that's what we've come to. Yeah, that is that is awful. I mean, you get. At, we all know you get the place in front of your house, too. That's that's extra parking. Like, uh-huh. that's your spot, too. Um, but in the, in the spirit of like neighborly, you know, communication, I talk to, I do talk to my neighbors because, you know, now that I am here for a long time, I know I have to cohabitate with them. And there is a friend of mine's house that we go to and backing out of the house, I take the long way home because the people across the street, I can't turn in the direction towards my house. But if I lived across the street from them, I would say, hey, I've got a big ass van. I'm going to hit your car eventually. You have to, if you put it somewhere else, that would make things easier on me. You know? Yeah, don't call the police on your name. No, or whatever, then, okay. Yeah, for me, it's like I I would never call the police on my, I think you should never call the police on your neighbors. I can't think of a reason to call the police on them. I agree. Just it's a tough conversation. Um, but you know, it's the same thing with the gym. People think that you're going to walk into the gym and they're going to say, who's this fucking bean bean pole beat their ass. You know? Yeah. Uh, when you go and talk to your neighbors, they are also on 11 level of anxiety. You know, there's a lot of crazy psychos out there and it sounds like you got one living across from you. Uh, but 
I can make it through a five-minute awkward conversation where I just say, you don't have to add any sort of extra thing except for, hey, uh, could you not park there? I, I'm, I'm, you know, it's bothering me. I just want to let you know that I, I think I'm going to hit your car someday. That's it. That's enough warning that I would be like, all right, I'm not going to let that happen. Yeah, I'd rather not hit your car. <laughs> I think to, uh, to also, I, I have some like some Black Lives Matter stuff on the house. Uh-oh. And this Uh-oh. is a neighborhood where people put like blue, blue, blue porch lights out so they support the police, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I've seen him like at his front door with like a piece of paper. So I think he's counting the days that a given car is there. Uh, but <laughs> so I, I think maybe a couple of weeks ago or somebody, one of you mentioned like, educating people or how do we break this like yeah culture if you want to call it that yeah. that's the bigger question for me is like where, how do we get to a place where you don't go ah that you know crazy liberal across the street or whatever which is not even accurate i'm going to get him to call the police on it because i i don't have i don't guess i don't feel like going to ask him who his car so we don't have to discuss that but that's just the bigger question i think we as a society need to answer because this is not um, sustainable in the long term yeah, I would call it a anti kumbaya. <laughs> when I was a kid, they always said hippy dippy hippy dippy liberals were always trying to sing kumbaya with everybody around the campfire, and I think that is the I think that is the standard that we're setting that they can't keep up with, which is uh, be a part of a community and not get your way all the time and have communication that doesn't mean you lay down the law because you're the authority, you know. Yeah, and he probably also thought the cops would just take his side because you have Black Lives Matter signs. Sure, you know what I mean. It's <laughs> like if you have a Black Lives Matter sign and you're, hey, this guy's got Black Lives Matter. He don't hate he, the police will hate him anyway. Let's call him. You know, I don't know. My neighborhood's. You all should get Black in trouble Lives for that. Yeah. You should get in trouble for that for calling police like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Why it's can't you just have a conversation? I can't believe the guy couldn't just have a fucking conversation. That's a disconnect. Because nobody wants their car to be hit. You know? It's what we always say about, like, uh, uh, traffic laws and shit. Where it's like, nobody wants to wreck their fucking car. People aren't out there, like, trying to run into each other. Right. Without without stop signs, people would still not barrel through a four-way intersection. No. You would not want to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's the same thing, though. With this, it's like, you don't want your car to get hit, so why not just knock on a door and be like, hey, I might hit your car, basically. I feel like I might hit your car sometime. It's a little treacherous pulling out of my driveway. Uh, I would like to do, I would like you to please move it. Fixer Punk made a really good point. They said, this sounds like a classic conservative talk line about liberals, which I think is right. Where you're like, hey, Rush, I got a problem here. I got a backup. I got a line for backing up. I drive a a super duty. So I have, I have a place I need to get my car out of my driveway. And I got this goddamn Black Lives Matter person across the street. They're right in my fucking way. They're right there where I need to be to get out of my driveway safely. What the hell am I supposed to do? So funny. Yeah, it is. It is. That guy probably did call Rush and tell him. Yeah. I... Oh, my neighbor's got a mental disorder. Yeah, my uh, liberalism <laughs> is a mental disorder. He's over there. He's got a Black Lives Matter. He probably voted for Joe Biden. It's so pathetic. I just, I mean, I think that even now being around kids, 
the kids that call me to tell me, I'm already like, mm-mm-mm. Nope, you shouldn't have called me. <laughs> you shouldn't be telling on people. What are you telling on people for? Yeah. It's anti it's it's awful. I don't you said you're out of there soon though? Or not? Yeah, we're we're moving, yeah, in a few months. So that that'll be nice. Okay. Hell yeah. Well, uh uh good luck yeah. with the neighbor. Hopefully he doesn't call the cops on you again <laughs> before you move. Hey. Yeah, thanks guys. Appreciate it. Have a good night. Have a good one. Call the cops on your neighbors, man. That's the worst. When that, when the neighbor, when my neighbor called the police on me because I was baking weed. Yeah. I was just so fucking, it was like, this is a relationship that is not able to be prepared, repaired now. That's also another thing is that like, I'm not like, if I'm baking weed, I'm not, it doesn't mean that I'm a complete degenerate, like murderer. I'm not, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not like some, some person that, uh, want, that thinks that I don't believe that my right to bake weed supersedes your right to not your, have your house smell like weed, you yeah. know? And if I'm, if I'm baking weed in the oven and you come over and say, Oh my God, you really can't do that. It fucking smells awful and stinks, you know? Yeah. That's input that I'll take in. Yeah. I'll consider that, you know? Yeah. I just had the cop show up at the back of my on my back door, and then had to tell him like, you know, I'm not, I'm gonna out flush it down the toilet before you can get into my house, <laughs> is what I said. Actually, I think I told him I just I was like I don't have, I think I said like I have less than a quarter of an ounce, and I can flush it down the toilet before you can get in my house. And they were like, well, fair enough, and they <laughs> left. <That's> weird. <laughs> Well, I mean, what could they do? They can't come in. You admitted to having weed, though. You admitted to having illegal substance. I said I don't have very much. It was some it's weird some. way of saying it. And it it wasn't... I mean, it was barely a crime. The amount I had... Still a crime. No, because you Any can't, is a crime. Right, I'm saying... But it's a fine. Sure. In, in this city. At that time, it had been... Kind of basically, it was just like as small of a, a thing as you could get unless you had a quarter pound. And that's basically what I was telling them. I, I They said, can we come in and look around? And I said, no. And then they were like, uh, uh, well, we could go get a warrant. And I was like, I guess, go ahead, but I'll tell you what's in here. And then they were like, fair enough. And they just left. They just was like, it's it's not worth your time. I said, it's not worth your time. I don't have a grow operation. They thought he called intimating that it was a grow operation. Uh, I said, by the time you get in here, you're not going to find anything. It will have been a waste of your time. Yeah. And they left. Because, I mean, what are you going to do when your house smells like weed like that? My house very much, it did smell like weed enough that my neighbor called the police on me. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I I don't know what to say to him. I'm cooking uh uh, weed incense. Gwen did try to buy me a sour diesel candle for uh, oh, Christmas that's this funny. year. Yeah, but Katie wouldn't let her because I told Gwen like I love the smell of sour diesel because that was the kind of weed I got for like a year when she was like a little kid. Uh huh. And she was like, I remember that smell. I like that smell too. And I'm like, it <laughs> smells good. Sour diesel is one of the better smelling weeds, man. It's like a like candy almost. That shit smells like. Sour diesel is good. I had to go to the weed store today. How was it? 45 minute drive. 
Okay, that doesn't seem convenient at all. In and out, though. In and out. I didn't have to wait an hour. And I just bought enough for a month. I was just like, I just bought enough weed that I know I'm not going to fuck around, fucking need any for a month. And you I finally- hope that they'll have my kind. Wow, you fa- that's, a, that's, a, that's a mature thing to do. I've been doing that for a very long time. I stopped. Uh, I'm not going to. Well, I was going to say there's still people that come and buy weed every three days. There's still people that do that. And uh, I kind of figured out, wait a second, I need weed every three days. I'm just going to buy it once a month instead. Yeah, I hate. I Yeah, I mean, I've been buying 20 days worth at a time, but this time... These ten, to, I like these ten to ones. I'm just, I'm the ten to one kid. Okay, is what they should call me right. And uh, they don't have any in Columbus. Like none of the dispensaries in Columbus have them. Okay, and I've asked, and I buy them all the time. I said, hey, that seems pricey. Where them ten to one? The ten to ones? Yeah, twenty five dollars. I just what? bought ten for twenty five bucks today. For what? Gummies, ten milligrams. All right, that is pretty good. Yeah, it was very cheap. Everything in the place was ten percent off. Twenty five bucks. Yeah, with tax. Yeah, the whole thing. That's a lot of CBD. Yeah, it is. It's it's a lot of CBD, and then like ten milligrams. It's ten milligrams right. of THC, and then a hundred milligrams of CBD. That's the way I like it. That's like the the. That's or still a I like five milligrams of THC and. 25 milligrams of CBD. Like, I'm a lightweight now. I, I have, like, really set myself up. And it really does bum me out that, like, Ohio doesn't have, like, a lot of high CBD sh- stuff. They just, like, whenever I go out of town, they had all kinds of shit. They were, like, experimenting with the levels and the numbers and the percentages and shit. And I always thought that was so neat. And then here, it's like they have this one brand that does 10 to 1, and then when you ask about it, they're like, well, they just send us what they have, so we don't know what we're going to have at any given time. They send us what there is. Yeah. And it's just such a pain in the ass. I wish they had more. I wish they fucked around a little more. I I wish weed companies fucked around a little more with those numbers. I think it would also help people that, I mean, for me, it's like my anxiety gets way high now Uh and i just don't fuck with it you know i don't do uh i don't get a huge i don't go way big on it Uh uh-huh and um ah fuck it you can go to that it's not a big deal yeah i like to crack my head open until rainbows fly out of it i don't like that feeling anymore i'm never gonna give it up back i want to be my late my retirement is going to be social media grandpa that does so much drugs. I'm so excited. I'm going to do so many dabs. Every single day I'll do a fucking one gram dab and just get obliterated live on stream. Can't wait. Yeah. I got past it after a while. I mean, there was a period where I was I was doing inhuman amounts of weed. And then yeah. uh back when I did the firecrackers, I was doing a lot of weed. Mm. Those firecrackers were fucking crazy, and I was eating three or four of them at a time. Okay, I mean, I'm 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 a, I'm a lightweight now. I just can't do it. I get too nervous. I, I get nervous every drug I do. I get nervous now. Everything makes me nervous. Well, Xanax. I like Xanax. If if somebody gave me Xanax, that would not make me nervous. Yeah, that's the one. 
That's the one. Xanax, Ativan, Clonopin. Those don't make me nervous at all. Those actually make me not, those level me out to a normal. Those are the times where I don't feel the, the fear in my chest. Yeah. You know, if I could describe it for the listeners, you know how you feel when you're going up on the roller coaster? Now, just imagine you're deathly afraid of roller coasters, as I am, and you're going up. That is how I always feel, is the up part. Okay. 100% of the time, I feel that way. And then sometimes somebody will give me a Xanax or two. I take it. There's a period where you're giving me three bars every now and then. And I would take one of those bars. I would sit down. And I'd be like, oh, my God, you can, like, not have that feeling. <laughs> yeah. The feeling, like, goes away. You can get that to go away. And then, uh, but I don't want to get hooked on the shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so it's sort that. of like, it's sort of like I don't old. have a hookup and I just kind of get them when I can get them. Usually on the road, which it's been a long year. So, yeah. I mean, when you're old, you'll get them. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it sucks to wait until then. Well, yeah, it would be nice to have help with this anxiety that I sort of feel like I can't. Uh, uh, it's weird, man. I just can't figure out how to and get it to stop lately. It's been, you know, not drinking 400 milligrams of caffeine every two hours has helped, though. I can see that. We'll say that. I mean, I'm not a scientist, but I can see that research coming out that way. <laughs> yeah. It's coming right. down a little. We got somebody on the line here. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, Kiara the Dominatrix again. Oh, howdy. Hey, Kiara, how's it going? How's everything doing? I don't know. I know the feeling. <laughs> That's how I feel. It's been a terrible couple months. <laughs> yeah. I lost a friend this week that I've known since 2007 because she didn't like that I didn't like Biden. Oh, that's you just got to be like, this is how I am with Biden. I have to I, I found myself in the unenviable position of telling my wife, maybe just get like every time I say something to her, like, oh, Joe Biden did this thing. She is like, fucking, you, you know what I mean? Like, she's like insane. She's like as negative on him as I would be usually. And it's like, well, when he does something good, you can give him credit for doing something good. But, like, you know, I I don't like him. I'm not saying he's good. I'm just saying, like, he hasn't totally fucked anything up yet. But I would like that money. Especially that $3,000 a month for kids. That is something. I'm looking at that three k a month for each one of your kids. I haven't heard that. Direct payment? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things. And I'm like, hachi machi. I'll fucking toss Gwen 500 bucks and just be like, here, this is your money. I'll keep the 25 for myself. <laughs> Allowance bonus, hell yeah. Yeah. Dude, if, imagine if you were 16 and somebody just handed you $500 a month for a few months. Like, the, the, the crazy, I never had $500 when I was 16 years old. Never touched $500 till I was in my 20s. Really? I don't think so. No, man. Our parents gave us $25 for our birthdays. I worked. I worked too. I never made $500 though. You didn't work hard enough. I didn't work. I did. I actually, everywhere I worked, I always worked at a pl places that were like in a perpetual state of cutting hours. 
It was like one of those things where like everywhere I worked, it would be like, hey, give me all the fucking hours you can give me. I'll take them. And then I would come in at five and they'd be like uh, at 730. They'd be like, yeah, you can go. You yeah. know, and I was just always getting cut at Chuck E. Cheese. I was always getting cut because like it's just you wouldn't believe this, but it's sort of a crapshoot of when people are going to show up. There would be a Tuesday night where four people would show up and then there would be a Tuesday the next week where the place is completely fucking packed. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in McDonald's was the same way. It's like the second when I was working at McDonald's, the second the drive through stopped. For five minutes, they're like, everybody go home. You're all out of here. Yeah. You know, we're just going to have three people work. And I just, I never made a lot of money. Well, yeah. When I was, when I was a teen, they would let us work five to eight when I was 16. I could drive to work. I could work five to eight on school nights. So that was good for their dinner rush. But during the summer, it was open season. I could work whenever I wanted, and I would do 50-hour weeks. No, I didn't do that. Just to get a little screen, a portable screen to put on top of my PlayStation 2. And I would, like, I'd take all the books out and take my PlayStation 2 with the screen and just set up in the corner, and we'd be playing, like, Gran Turismo or whatever it was instead of uh, schoolwork. That is smart, though. Yeah, I had, yeah, screens. Tiny screens were very expensive before they were everything. We never worked. I, I, what, what, I'm sorry, Kiara. We never, I never, <laughs> I never saw my job in high school as anything other than just, I need to get a, like a hundred dollars so I can buy like a quarter and uh, some fast food. You know what I mean? Or it was a 50 a half. So I need to make a hundred dollars. So I can buy a half ounce of weed and cigarettes and fast food. Like, so I needed to make probably $250 and I was always scraping money together. Anyway, even when I made 250, it was like still constantly trying to, well, stealing change out of my parents' bedroom. Uh, (laughs) Yep. Classic. I got time for that too. Yeah. I think every, I, I can't imagine that. Not everybody has. I, has I, I I got in trouble for it very early on too. <laughs> yeah. Like well, this. My, where I grew up, you could like hop a fence in my backyard, and you'd be in the parking lot of Seven Eleven. Oh. And my dad kept this little cup full of quarters in his on his dresser, and I'm like, well, that's just asking for it. That's how I feel yeah. too. He's every day. Yeah, we had a. Uh, the the family down the street that I spent all my time at, they had one of those uh, five gallon, ten gallon like water jugs that you use for like a the bubbler thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we dug mm-hmm. all of the silver shit out of it. And come December time, that was like his plan for Christmas, and we got screamed at. He yelled at every kid in the neighborhood. And and just chewed us all out because over the course of the year, we had stole every single piece of silver change out of it. Yeah, we did that to my parents, too. They they had a, a, a jar of change. I don't know what they were ever going to fucking do with it, but I always just... My parents, like, were very into, like, telling us that we were rich when we were growing up. They were, like, very into, like, we have a little more than the other people in the neighborhood, so I always felt like, well, what are you going to do with the fucking change? Sure. You know what I mean? So yeah. we'd go in there and just steal. St- we would steal the shit out of the change. And every once in a while, we'd all get yelled at. Who stole 
all the change. And it's like, it was all of us, really, all five yeah, of us. Yeah, everybody's guilty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you might as well just yell at each one of us individually because, yes, I stole $5, but Jason also stole $5, and so did my sister and brother. Like, kids are stealing ass motherfuckers. Well, the reason I called in is because uh, Twitter's under attack again. Well, the sex worker part of Twitter. What's it happening? seems like... So, somebody... Uh, there's so much. <laughs> so let's see. It's the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, which mm. sounds like a good thing, but really it was created by a bunch of preachers in the 1980s, I believe, to be like, all sex is bad, no sex work is actually, you know, consensual. Yeah. We're all being forced to do it. And um, what happened is because of the FOSTA-SESTA laws, uh, Twitter can now be held accountable for some things that they couldn't before. So they're suing Twitter over having pictures of a minor, suggestive and sexual pictures of a minor on Twitter. Okay. So basically what we're thinking now is that Twitter is going to go the way of Tumblr because they're not going to want to deal with any of these lawsuits and they're definitely not going to want to like ID verify like AVN Star says. Yeah, that's true. That is true. That they, I, mm -hmm. these preachers, man, you know, they're always causing trouble mm -hmm. for everybody. All of us. They have so much idle time on their been, hands to, to concern themselves with mm -hmm. other people. Yeah. They already banned two that I know of really big, uh, Twitter accounts. The ones for clips for sale, which is like the oldest place to buy your porn online that I know of. And uh, Model Hub, I think, was the other one, which is kind of like OnlyFans. Is there somewhere that we can uh, uh, send stuff? Or, or is there something we can do? Or is are there people organizing against this? Not that I see. I mean, fortunately, the, the Sissy Act that I called in about last week died during the lame duck period in Congress. But, like, Good it job. just seems like it's one thing after another, you know? Yeah, there's, uh, I, I think it's, that that's something that uh, I have seen from the outside with regards to Gamergate, with regards to incel stuff, with regards to QAnon, and the way that those reactionary elements uh, coordinate their efforts they really seem to be focused on just bringing misery towards sex workers. That's been a, a, a unifying uh, mission. Yeah, pretty much. Just like, come on, let me make my bag and fuck off already. <laughs> yeah. And also, and, and the thing, I mean, you know, it's also not a matter of anybody can do it and be successful. Uh, it, it's similar to podcasting where like, sure, some people may make $100,000 a year doing this, but the majority of people are getting $500 extra a month. And, and that's similar with the OnlyFans situation is, is, you know, not everyone is, it's not like a, it's not like an easy way to sell out your morals and make a million dollars. You know, it, it requires a certain personality type. It requires uh, a, a level of, maturity and something that they just don't understand. I, I just, I, I don't, 
I don't I don't know what we can do to stop them. Like we can't sue them out of existence, unfortunately. I'd love to sue. I would love to sue them though. (laughs) I'm kind of in this like where do we go from here? Because we lost Tumblr, we lost Instagram, and now we're potentially losing Twitter. So there's really no big, you know, social media places for sex workers to go and find customers. Facebook? Does is Facebook like that? Facebook never allowed to be. Yeah, they got like no. nipples. They got they scan all the videos for nipples and shit. I had no idea. I had no idea that Facebook was. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think face. Uh, let me just say, I didn't think Facebook was good. You know, <laughs> I just was because Facebook feels like the Wild West. It's like the only place you can still do death threats. <laughs> <laughs> You can't even say, like, men are trash on Facebook without being put in Facebook jail. Oh, you know, that's right. That is true. I just hear but, what Alex... I, I listen to many death calls, and I hear the stuff that Alex reads, and I'm like, that's fucking wild over there on Facebook. I haven't been there in a long time. It is true. On Facebook, you can say, um, my congressperson deserves to be hung by their neck with a rope because they're a gosh dang idiot. So as long as you start with murder and end with like a very tepid insult, I think that kind of neuters the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook is a weird place. Twitter, it sucks because Twitter, but I mean, the thing about it is, is this weird that Twitter is one of the smaller social networks. It's only, it's only important because all the people from the news are on it. That doesn't make it small though. No, the numbers though. I guess it is. Probably it's not the, one. the smallest. It's a, no, it's not the one. Instagram's the one. More people on Instagram than Twitter, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think that uh, I don't think it's small. It's just amount of yeah. It's important. I'm not saying it's not important. I fucking you know it's important to me for sure. You know, I I I I am like afraid to type anything half the time because I'm like I don't want to lose another account. I'm already building back. Uh, uh, an account f- from one that I unfairly lost. So, yeah, it is weird. I, it's Twitter is Twitter has 330 million global active users. Instagram has a uh, a billion. Uh, yeah, Instagram's the big one. <laughs> Facebook's big. No, no, too. no. They only have 500 daily. 300 and 500. That's Facebook is the biggest though. Facebook and Instagram are the two biggest. No, face Instagram is not as big as Facebook. Facebook is bigger than Twitter. Not barely, though. 300 million versus 500 million. Yeah, but Twitter is only... Here's right. the thing about it. This you can't call it small thing. potatoes, dude. It, like I see it. The the news revolves around the thing that happens on Twitter. That's I see exactly reports right. constantly on it. It's not small. That's the thing, though. That's why it, its perceived importance is because everybody from the news is on it. Like, all, everybody's on it. News is made on it. Yes, true. That's where we we write the news actually on that website. Yeah, that that's crazy. I mean, I guess like it's weird because like none of this stuff it's like there people always make these like arguments about freedom of speech on on with these social networks, but there really isn't. You know, it's they're not like the Wild West. They're a lot more tied down than the Internet ever was. I mean, there was that whole period where the Internet was like you would log on and you would just go to websites. Now you go to like two websites a day. 
Like, I don't go to a website. I never go on a website. I would... I don't even know what to do on a website. Well, you go to an aggregator for websites. Twitter is an aggregator for websites. Reddit is an aggregator. Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. Maybe not Instagram. You spend all your time on Twitter or your your social networking site. You spend all your time there. But you click on links to other websites. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. To YouTube. No, to... to, to you don't You don't read anymore? Are you done reading? I read books. You don't read articles anymore? Oh, yeah, you know, I read, like, I, I don't have a fucking, I want a subscription to the New York Times. It's only $8 per month for 32 months for one device, and it gets you unlimited access. Dude. Well, I don't even understand what that contract is. Every time it's like, well, I'm not going to read. That's what it's going to, that's what you get. That's the thing is, I was like, dude, I texted you one day, and I was like, Brett, I'm signing up for the New York Times with the Street Fight account. And uh, every single time I tried to sign up, it defaulted back to my PayPal account. Yeah, and I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, "Fuck it, I'm done. I don't need to be on. I don't need to be on there." You know? Yeah. But uh, that's like friends posted on Facebook this week a picture of like here are all from the New York Times website. Here are all the places that you can get the vaccine in San Francisco. This is how you figure out how to do it. And then you have to subscribe to the New York Times to read the rest of the article. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Somebody had a, like a really good post earlier in the week about like all the places that you're supposed to get real news cost money. And then all the places that will feed you conspiracy theories and bullshit are totally free and ubiquitous. Like, you know what I mean? Like I can get on a QAnon website in a second and read it all day. But, uh, uh, the time, any of the, any of the main newspapers, it's like, nope. <laughs> You get to read three articles a month. And I'm an idiot. So, of course, the articles I read are about, like, like King Kong and Godzilla and stuff. I don't, like, I don't read the important articles ever. I always see, like, when I go on Twitter to search whatever I want to search that day, there's, like, the first thing that pops up is all the news. And one of the news articles this week was... Uh, Women are turning to OnlyFans for money during these when they're losing their jobs, and it was like this disparaging article. Like, I can't believe they're doing this to themselves. It's like, wow, I can't believe that capitalism has made it so that we have to pay our bills and we can't go to work because it's not safe. Well, and it's Weird. like, it's also like, uh, like that we live in a in a world that's like all about having side hustles. And, like, you know, if I'm being honest, I mean, OnlyFans seems preferable to Uber or Lyft or fucking Grubhub or any of that stuff, you know? Right? I would rather do only. Yeah, I would rather do OnlyFans than drive for Lyft. But then you go to the OnlyFans Twitter and it's just like, promoting all the celebrities like they don't promote any sex workers even though sex workers is how they made their company in the beginning absolutely absolutely yeah there's i i don't know um honestly i, I mean I, you know to be negative about the whole thing there's just not a grown-up conversation to be had about uh sex in this country people are puritanical about it and I think that OnlyFans provides a level of safety where it's like, uh, if I know people want to see me naked, if, you know, I know I'm the type that people want to hear stories that I tell. That's why I do podcasting. 
And, and I play up the stories that I tell, and I judge them, and I add a little bit of extra pizzazz, and I do my thing. And if I was the kind of person that could get naked to make money and didn't have to see people in person that were going to grab me or murder me or, you know, assault me or anything, I, I do feel like that's a viable option to just take your clothes off and share those pictures or, or those experiences. And, and But we're not even close to that level of conversation i guess right and then somebody even brought up in the chat there's this whole sort of infighting in the sex worker community of well i only do this online at least i'm not a you know whore in the street yeah. or whatever i'm like we're all sex workers society looks down on the only fan girls just as much as it does the girls who are doing right. real-time sex work like yeah. solidarity bitches yeah, I'm all for all of it, but you're right. That do, that does create a disconnect. I did, you know, that is a disconnect where people can say, "Oh, this isn't the same thing." Uh, but we, I don't know. We have to get over it. There, there's there's a really hard. I don't know how how we get past it because everybody seems to to want to demonize it or, or use it as a reason to feel better than somebody else, and, and I I don't know how we get around that. Yeah. yeah, I'm at a loss as well. Well, have a good night, Kiara. We got to go to break. Yes, it's breaky time. It's break time. We'll I'll be we'll be here in the chat watching you. Have a good one. Thanks, Thanks. appreciate have a good it. Night. Follow uh, Kiara on uh, Twitter at Domina Kiara. Who knows how long she'll be there? That sucks. It's annoying. I don't know why you would. It's just you're making people's lives harder than it should be. And this is something that's never gone away. This is like it's like the war on drugs. Yeah. You have to figure out how to make this work for us. We're going to do drugs all the time. Let's figure out how to make it work and make it comfortable for you. I'm going to park my car in front of my house cuz I bought this house. I'm going to park my car out there. Let's make this work for everybody here. You know, instead of trying to to say somebody's lesser than or or that it, it doesn't count and or it's illegal. It's not. It's older than us, you know. True. Stupid. Yeah. All right. Uh, music this week is brought to you by Funeral Guy. It says, hey, guys, this is Austin from Tampa, Florida, death metal capital of the world. Rock on. Being a big fan of Street Fight for years, I used to deliver pizzas and listen to y'all every day while I worked. When I warehouse job a few months later in Clearwater, I would listen to y'all a lot, too, while I picked and packed orders. Just heard your show about metal. I've been a metalhead since I was a preteen. It's in the water. I love Judas Priest, painkiller for sure, and used to uh, listen to a lot of Metallica and Megadeth and shit like that. I wouldn't call it shit. As I got older, I got into extreme metal and learned that all the best death metal is from right here in Tampa Bay and Orlando. You are correct. Pretty cool. Anyways, I make terrible noise, do metal here in Tampa. Uh, it's called Funeral Guy. Uh, you can find it at figurerecords.bandcamp.com uh these this album is called brain town so head to figurerecords.bandcamp.com and we will be back after the break we got a lot of people in the queue so we'll get to you uh but we'll have to make it quick we're street fight radio peace
Hey everybody, welcome back to Street Fight Radio. If you enjoyed the music, that was uh, Funeral Guy from their release, Horse Corpse. You can find that at figurerecords.bandcamp.com. It's one of our listeners that sent it in. If you have music that you want to hear on the show, if you make music or you got a friend that you think does good music, send us an email, streetfightradio at gmail.com or message us on any of the the uh, social media platforms where Street Fight WCRS on uh, Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. Uh, we will get them in the rotation. Thanks for sending that in. We appreciate it. Uh, let's take these calls. Ready to go? Mm-hmm. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, this is Rabbit from Southern Oregon. What's up, Rabbit? How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, I've been listening to and really enjoying the Butt Rock miniseries. <laughs> yeah, we finished and, it uh, out. Closed it out. Yeah, it was an epic finish. I really loved it. And y'all talked about Nickelback so much. I just wanted to check if you had listened to Nickelback's protest song, Edge of a Revolution. No, I didn't know Nickelback did a protest song. When did they do that? Um, It came out in 2014. I think it was the single on the album of that year. And it is the most butt politics, like facsimile of like Occupy Wall Street slash Obama 2008 slash like Pink Floyd the Wall. It's like really something. I have to check this out. I I, uh, I like it. I'm looking at the lyrics now. Um, yeah, uh, the video is like, it's just so unbelievable. Like there's shots of Occupy Wall Street and shots of uh, um, like Guy Fox masks all over the place. And then like it's, it's just so wild. They're like in a classroom and there's kids that are like watching this footage and then they start like smashing the desks while Nickelback is like chanting like stuff at them. Um, I don't know. I just want to make sure you saw that because it's, it's intense. I had no idea. Yeah. Usually yeah, butt rock, uh, political butt rock songs are bad news. So <laughs> this is kind of, I, I came out of that show with a respect for Nickelback and it's not like, 
it's not like a thing where I like their music at all, but it is one of those things that's like, uh, I believe that they are who they are. I don't think that they're doing, I don't think they're cynical in the same way these other bands are. I think they're just dudes that this is the music that came out of them. You know, I don't think they're doing like, I don't think they're, I don't think they're trying to be the biggest band in the world. They just were for a period of time. I gotta, I don't know. I'm glad that you have a like soft spot or found something, some silver lining for them or something. But I've, I, I mean, they're so formulaic and like even this, like they're clearly trying to cash in on something that maybe they don't understand it. Maybe they're well-intentioned, but like this song says nothing. Like, can I, can I read y'all a couple of the lyrics that are like highlights? Sure. Yeah. I'm looking at them now. So I, I have some, I like, (laughs) which ones do you like, Brian? I like a wall street common thief. When they get caught, they all go free a brand new yacht and a finder's fee standing on the edge of a revolution. Same shit, different day. Can't keep fed. If I can't get paid, we'll all be dead. If the shit don't change standing on the edge of a revolution. (laughs) That's not terrible. Yeah. They're identifying some of the problems, right? But like the whole thing is like, we're going to change stuff. We're going to do stuff. And then it doesn't say what that stuff is. Like the only lines are like about holding a sign that says freedom. Yeah. And like getting a headline in the New York times. And then like they have this breakdown at the end where it's like a call and response protest chant. And so like the, whatever his name is, Chud, whatever is the lead guy is, is saying, what do we want? And the kids are all screaming, we want change. <laughs> and it's just so empty. <laughs> And they just start throwing handfuls of quarters into the crowd. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) the thing about them is, though, is that, like, it just, they seemed like very nice guys. You don't, yeah. On the the thing. It was just so hard for me. I would have loved to have gone on and made fun of Nickelback the same way I made fun of Aaron Lewis. But uh, I just, I couldn't find anything with Nickelback that was as objectionable as anything with Aaron Lewis. I, I I agree with you as well in that I don't think that they were they weren't choosing formulaic stuff in order to make the most amount of money. They are naturally formulaic. They're naturally <laughs> mediocre. They're corny guys. They just yeah, they have the kind of well healed lifestyle. They have the kind of privilege and understanding that they can just create in a way that isn't dangerous and that will be acceptable to everybody as rock and roll. Yeah, that's how I felt about them. I felt like, no, this is these aren't cynical guys. These guys are cornballs. Right. Cornball in their DNA. They're just corny dudes. They're not like they're not like the offspring who like clearly were like writing songs that yeah. they knew were gonna be hits, novelty hits, you know? They were they were more like yeah, I'll, I'll write a song and uh, uh, yes I want it to be a huge hit I want it to be like the hugest song in the world but also this is my truth like how you remind me is their truth you know I I'll definitely you all yeah I, I see what you're saying like I don't picture them writing this song about revolution as like 
some like conservatives who don't actually want these things and they're just trying to make money. I think that you're right, Brett. They're just naturally formulaic. So when they try to write a song about something that's supposed to have this much heart about like making the world better, it be, it, it turns into this like extremely fake target music, you know? Yeah. They're the most vanilla dudes in the world. They were born this way though. And there's, we can't do anything about it with them. You know, they're not going to be guys <laughs> that take huge risks because they know what they do and they know what they want to do. And that's just who they are. They're like the top sales manager at a, uh, a car dealership. I, I mean, they're, they are, it's like deck people. It's, it's people that have a jacuzzi on their deck. It's somebody that's just like, shit's got to change, man. It's just everything's got to change. Like, hell yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, but something's got to change. You I know? also have a weird soft spot in my heart for bands that become the most hated band in the world. Sure. You know, where I watched that happen to Limp Biscuit. I watched that happen to bands like Poison when I was like a little kid. And it's just like, you watch it happen and you're just like, oh, that's got to be a fucking really shitty It's like, I'm rich and I have, you know, fans, but I have like zero respect from my peers. And it makes you feel bad for them in a weird way. But totally. yeah. Well, I just want to make sure that y'all see this video and that listeners see this video because it gives me like the weirdest butterflies watching it and, and people shouldn't miss out. I will totally check this out. I can't believe I didn't play it on yeah. the show. We got to do like a special, we're going to do like a special uh, catch up episode or something for that. Yeah, we'll do another butt rocket. We'll do another butt fest for sure. Like I, I, I'm going to let it breathe for a little bit and then come back and we'll, me and Alex already said we were going to do more of them. So there will be more episodes, and this will definitely make it in. <laughs> I mean, it's better than Five Finger Death Punch, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I just came out on the other end liking Nickelback more than I thought I would have liked them. Fair. Well, but, if you thought Devil Went Down to Georgia Shreds, you're going to like this. Uh, you're going to like the guitar going into the breakdown here, Brian. Yeah, nice. Brian thought cool. that. Yeah, he loved that one. Yeah. The Devil Went Down to Georgia by Nickelback. Better than The Devil Went Down to Georgia by Corn. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for calling in, Rabbit. That 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 is wonderful, and I will keep this. I I, I put this in my doc, in my doc for uh, Butt Fest. So it's there for the next time awesome. we revisit it. Sweet. Well, thank you for having me on. Y'all have a good night. Have a yeah, good night. Appreciate it. Oh, man. Yeah, the BuffFest 2000 did wrap up. You can find that if you go to patreon.com, subscribe for five bucks. Uh, you can listen to all the episodes. I'm going to put them in the store soon as well. So go to store.streetfightradio.com. You can get download links for any of the premium audio series that we've done. If you, if you can't do the monthly subscription thing, you can listen to Shocktober Volume 1 for $5, Shocktober Volume 2 for five bucks, Holy Boys, and Teen Fight are all on there. Uh, butt fest is coming next, and a hundred million tons of steel eventually. Yeah, look at that. We need to do. We need to do one last wrap up. Yeah, maybe we do that this week. I think so. Yeah, we could probably do that Tuesday. I, I'm in, or Thursday, maybe. I don't know. We'll Thursday, do. we got to do D and D stuff. Okay. Yeah, if you've been following along also and you don't know, uh, we're working on a D&D stream. It's very involved. It's uh, a lot of stats and character building and all of that. Uh, coming to the Patreon this week, or maybe it's already been posted, but uh, we're, we did our 
character creation in our first Dungeons and Dragons get together with Katie uh, from the group, uh, Ms. Moxie Cotton on social media. And they're going to be our dungeon master for this endeavor. And we're going to do a stream. I say we're going to say in February. We'll start the start the campaign in February. We're recording uh, more of our character creation this week. And that's coming to patreon.com slash streetfight radio. So get in there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm a human fighter. Human fighter named Murder Brian. Yes. Very creative. Uh, I've already forgot what I am. I don't, I, I don't remember... Either. Uh, Mine was easy because that's what I am in real life. See, that's why you chose that. That now I'm seeing why you chose that. Uh, who is the? They have a deity in uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, Christian. Oh yes, that's what they're called. Christian. Christian man. I forgot who they are. I forgot who I was completely. All right, uh, let's get this next call. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello. Hey, fellas. How's, how's it going? Great. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. This is uh, Lucas from Connecticut. What's up, Lucas? What's going on tonight? Uh, just chilling, watching you guys on Twitch, trying to help get that uh, partnership thing. Um, Thank you. Would love You guys were talking about music, and uh, earlier in the chat, like way beginning of the show, two hours ago, somebody said uh, GNU World Order said that they'd been listening to a bunch of the best of the worst, and that's a ska core band from New Jersey that I've been a big old fan of for like 10 years. So shout out to uh, GNU World Order for, for knowing and loving the best of the worst. Some good, like, hardcore punk with uh, trombones and saxophones. Kind of ska. All but right. If I say ska, people get turned off. But yeah. check them out. They're awesome. That's true. When you say ska, I get very turned off. Yeah, so they're more like a hardcore band with a brass section. Okay. 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 I've been listening to Swing Kids Definitely. like crazy, so that that's right in my alley. I'm not familiar with them. I'll have to check them out. But um, I uh, wanted to call in and tell you guys a little bit about uh, my union's contract negotiation. Oh, really? Uh, what kind of work is it? Somebody's called in recently. Uh, I'm in a healthcare union. I'm a job coach for a guy with some disabilities. Oh, that's great. Uh, most of the other people in the union are um, doing more like hands-on medical type of stuff, um, working with people that are uh, physically disabled. But I've got um, some interesting calls from the past couple weeks uh, that I've been on, all like Zoom and stuff like that. But um, I got two stories. One is from a labor management meeting where we talked about like getting PPE and vaccinations and um, things like that. Uh, and this lady was talking about how I had reached out to her about issues I was having with the system to like get myself registered for a vaccination. And when she responded to my comment, she was like, um, yes, yeah, so we're all working very hard. Um, I, I sent you a reply to that email on a weekend and like she just threw in there that it was on a weekend. And I was like, that doesn't mean anything to me. Like <laughs> this job is Monday through Friday nine to five and the vaccine or the, uh, the virus doesn't give a shit about if you're like sitting at home, like, thanks for responding to the email, but who, nobody cares if it was the weekend. Yeah, that's true. I, although my daughter was just complaining cause she sent her teacher an email and she didn't answer. And I was like, it's Sunday. Of course she didn't answer. You can't expect people to work 24 seven, you know? Right. 
Right. But, uh, I didn't expect to reply until the Monday. Like the fact that she did reply on the weekend was cool, but like, don't try to throw it in my face. Like you're going above and beyond to help people get vaccinated. Yep. True. Like we're people that are working class. We don't have any paid time off. We don't have health insurance and we are like medical pro- professionals working with people in the medical field. And that's all stuff that we're working on for our uh, next contract negotiation that's coming up. Are you getting um, close to the vaccine? Uh, I have an appointment. So they sent me like an email. They, they announced that in the state of Connecticut, they were going to do uh, like a bunch of different phases and waves and who was eligible for what vaccine when. And I was eligible in the first wave, but the email system took like three weeks to actually work and get me to the point where I could schedule an appointment. So now I've got one coming up in a month and I just have to last the next month without getting it. And, uh, it's hopefully going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. Oh, I, I'm jealous of you. I'm like kind of sketched out about it. Like I'm by no means anti-vax, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, we don't, I feel like we don't know what the long-term side effects could possibly be because this shit is so new. But it's not like the technology to administer this type of vaccine is new. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about it. I'm not a scientist, but there's no way that this was like from scratch put together within the last year. It wasn't. So They've been working I'm, I'm on trying to get the vaccine. I'm nervous about it. Yeah, they had been working on this technology for a long time. This sort of just piggybacked on something they were already working on. So, I mean. I think you'll be pretty safe. I'm with you though, honest. To be honest, like wherever my like my apprehension or some of the gray areas to me are, uh, I do understand that people have spent time on this, but we don't know what it looks like a year later or five years later after someone gets this inside them. Exactly. Um, that's not to say that I'm gonna turn it down. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna get the. I, it's like I'm not either. Shots. I have to do, uh, different. Yeah, they're like spaced out, but I'm going to feel uncomfortable about it. Like, I don't trust the government. Do I think that they have much to gain by poisoning me? No, but, you know, I don't know what they're sticking in me. Yeah. I mean, that's what I always think, though. That's what all medicine is to me, though. If that makes sense. Like, I don't know what any of the medicine I take is. So this is just an extension of that. Where it's just like I'm fuck. I don't. I don't know what the pills I take every day do or what they are. They just do stuff to me, and I take it. So I, I think of it that way. I also. I do also feel some level of confidence that I could find out what's going on with a with a with a relative amount of ease. I think that this day and age, the way that people are able to communicate and share their stories and messages across all these platforms, I think if there was any sort of uh, mass consequences, you know, we would start to see some of them at this point. Yeah, I would also think that, like, I would rather take my chances with the vaccine than with the virus. Well, you know, you don't have to go out. If you're not, if you're not a person that has to leave, then, you know. True. True. But, you know. I just, I, to me, it's like I'm I'm weighing out what makes me more nervous, and I, I, I'll take the vaccine. I don't think it's a credible argument against it, but I do think that there is a level inside of me that says these are the people that I think are the scoundrels of the earth. <laughs> yes. That, are, that I'm trusting right now. That's true. That is true. But they're also doctors, though, I think. I think that, like, doctors I don't think of as scoundrels. 
I do. Some of them are. Yeah, no, doctor. Kind of doctors are not inherently good. Some of them are a fucking awful pieces of shit that will bend the truth for money. True. True. You might be right about that. I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, I'm glad you're getting it. I hated so much. Makes me like him a little bit more, though. Yeah, yeah. I, they just came out with like, an article. I, him. I trust him, and I don't know why. I probably should. I don't know. I'm they just the came out with an article about... I don't get COVID. They just came out with an uh, interview with Fauci talking about what it was like to work under Trump, and it sounded like a real fucking nightmare. <laughs> I mean, I think we knew what was going on the whole time. It felt like a nightmare to me. I didn't have to work for him. It was four years of a nightmare. He said people would call Trump and be like, hey, I heard from a friend about this thing. And then uh, Trump would come into the meetings and just throw out like you know, baseless claims, the alternative medicine stuff. And he was like, and then he treated those with the same amount of uh, of, of like you know trust as he treated me. So it was like kind of like I was fighting against people who didn't have to do anything, you know, right. any research. But yeah, yeah. And uh, you said you had another yeah. story. Well, so um. The um, contract negotiation is like separate from the labor management committee thing. I'm in. I'm part of like a bunch of different teams uh, within my union. But um, for the contract negotiation, the first time we had a Zoom meeting with the state and all of their people, we had like 50 people on the call, and we were feeling pretty okay about that turnout. Normally, a contract negotiation would be like in person in a big room, but we have to do it all through Zoom. But we got 50 people on the call, and then like a month later, we had another call, and we really like rallied and did a ton of phone banking. I called up a ton of strangers, just other people, brothers and sisters in my union uh, that are also home care workers, and Gender talked to them, too. and we got people to show up for the second uh, Zoom negotiation, and we had over 150 people join in. And when they're looking at uh, like 150 faces on Zoom, hopefully it, it makes them think more about like what we're asking for. And all we're asking for is health insurance and some sick days for people that go to people's homes and take care of them, which I don't think is unreasonable. And they're going to tell us this contract is very expensive. This is going to be an incredible cost. And yeah, we know like it, it's worth it. it. It's something that we need. Oh, yeah. So, um, you know, you know, I think with the Trump administration being uh, what we were dealing with, it was really easy to talk to people about uh, why we need to stand up and fight for ourselves and like have a say in what's happening and get involved. And now I'm a little bit worried that because like my union endorsed Biden, people are going to be like, oh, well, this is just like when Barack was president and things are normal again. And I don't have to be fired up. And I don't have to get involved. You're seeing and it I, a lot. I'm just worried that we're going to lose some of that momentum. I, you know, I think that I think that's borrowing problems from the future. I think there's a for sure. I'm doing it. We can't plan on that. I'm doing it too. I'm not saying that I'm above anybody when I say that. I'm doing the same thing too. But when I look at the amount of people that got into radical politics over the summer with the with the protests and everything, I think now we have we do have like we do have something to use against them in that we do have a radical playbook. We have a radical mindset. These people have openly said that they want to listen to, you know, queer voices or, or uh, black voices, BIPOC voices, all that stuff. And I think that all of that can be leveraged against them over the next four years. I, I think that I mean, I remember I remember trying to convince people that Democrats were bad. Uh, but now it's kind of the wave, you know, we lived in Trump times and people got radical as fuck. 
And it's kind of undeniable that we opened up that can of worms when we started talking about getting rid of the police, when we started talking about colonialism and occupied land. I think that, I think we can use that as a wedge against them. Uh, I don't have, I'm not like optimistic about the future. I just don't think that this time around it can be thoroughly spun unless you're delusional. I mean, there's going to be delusional people that say this is the most progressive administration that's ever happened. Uh, but some of our other people, on the sidelines that are uh, more pragmatic and, and understand that the continuation of the system as it is will create George Floyd's scenarios in infinity and until we get rid of the authoritarianism of the ruling class and the people that have been in charge, uh, we aren't going to find our way out of this. And, and I think that we do have a little bit more leverage on our side is how I think. I think the fact that on Inauguration Day, the biggest thing that anybody was talking about was Bernie Sanders with his mittens. Yeah. And like, that is where the direction, that's where the attention and, like, the, that's what people are talking about and paying attention to. Like, Bernie Sanders stole the show by, uh, you know, just being there and existing. And then AOC didn't attend because she was at a, uh, a Teamster strike in the Bronx. So, um, my union is a, a non-striking union because if home healthcare workers stop working, <laughs> that's, we're the bad guys. You, you get, people need to be taken care of. We can't not take care of them, but right. we have a big action plan for February and I might end up, uh, uh, getting some, uh, metal handcuffs put on me by a, a police officer. Yeah. For the action. So, um, you know, we got to keep fighting. We got to keep, uh, getting involved and being involved and drawing attention to these injustices. And that action is uh, in regards to something completely unrelated to anything I've mentioned so far. There's people that don't get paid on time and like, weeks late regularly. And because of the way the state has it set up, they're not under like department of labor uh, overview. So there's no, like all we can do is file grievances basically, which is why I like, I don't even get paid through this company. I, my work situation is different than most people in my union, but when I saw what was happening to all these union brothers and sisters, and it wouldn't happen if it weren't for the fact that 90% of home healthcare workers are women and 60% are people of color. And if it weren't for that, like this wouldn't even be an issue. If this was a, a white guy job, there's no way in hell they wouldn't be getting paid on time and wouldn't be getting health insurance and paid time off. You're right. So mm -hmm. it's bullshit and I got to do what I can. So thanks yeah. for hearing me and thanks for, uh, thanks for doing the show. Thanks for, Giving a voice to all this, uh, all this leftist stuff, and um, looking forward to getting that wormworm shirt. I uh, just saw that it was shipped the other day, so yeah, it's on its that. way. I've been looking at those shirts every day for a week, so it's on its way. Yes. Also, Brian, how yeah. many grams of sugar are in that bottle of vitamin water you're drinking? How dare you? How dare you ask me that? It's <laughs> not water, bud. It's not water. That's Kool-Aid. Thank That's you. Kool -Aid. It only includes 26 grams of added sugars. 26 grams of added sugars. Water has a taste. Is that one serving? Uh, Yes. Serving size is one bottle. At least it's one serving. I love sugar, though. I, I love sugars. Keeping you awake is the sugar, Indeed. not the caffeine. That might be true, too. That might be true. I just love the vitamin water. I can't help it. And I am drinking too much of when, it. I do got to cut it out. And then Katie just went and bought me eight of them. One day's worth? But no, <laughs> no. I drink more water than... I drink more water than vitamin water. Okay. But uh, I do drink a few a day. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah. I'll just My leave client it and I volunteer at the food bank, uh, Maybe. sorting food into big bins and boxes and stuff. And they tried to tell me that anything that says water on it, whether it's like seltzer, sparkling water, vitamin water, coconut water, it all goes in water. And I had to argue with them, like, look, there's 26 grams of sugar in this. It's not water. Yeah. But at least you're drinking something. It's better than being dehydrated. That's true. That, uh, thank you very much. Have a great night. I'm going to hang up now. Be well, guys. Thank you. And yeah. wouldn't 50 Cent not stick up for this stuff if it wasn't water? You know? I Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, he would rather... He would... He he puts get getting rich over... Dying trying. Yeah. True. <laughs> so... I don't know if that's a health thing. I don't think I don't think that's the Hippocratic oath. That is actually get rich or die trying. That's the Hippocratic. That's oath. why people become doctors because it's what everyone said. Everyone's mom and dad says is the best way to make the most money. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, wait, what was he talking about? What were they talking about? What? Oh, oh, the 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 work thing. Yeah, I've also I wanted to say um, there's been lots of smart people articles and this is our this has kind of come out over the last few days and i kind of agree with it and that's a matter of like should we be building bridges with the right wing should we be trying to like fold more um you know republicans into to our movement and the answer is like no like they can come to us begging and and cheering from the sidelines but really we need to talk to people that aren't voting and i think that we'll be able to win with non-voters if we start with a hearty uh we don't support biden you know like fuck biden fuck politicians that's where we've come to everybody hates politicians and if we need to reach out to the non-voters because you know this wasn't a landslide the way that it I guess should have been because of how abysmal Trump is as a person and a leader. Yeah. Uh, and so we need to talk to the people that didn't even feel they have skin in the game. And that's, I feel like where the, the base building needs to, to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. I mean, like you said, they should, they should, they should come to us. We shouldn't go to them. Yeah. Is how I feel. And, and you're right. Like there's more people that don't vote. And they would all 100%, a lot of them would be on our They're side down. if they knew what we believed. That Yeah, there's plenty of protests I've been in where I know most people weren't voting in the crowd, but I felt completely safe and comfortable creating a new world with those folks versus anybody else. You know, my non-voters are my people. Those are the ones that, that know what's up. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Blinky and uh, Florida Panhandle. Oh, how's it going? It's Florida. Joe Biden is the president, but Matt Gates is still my congressman. So. That's true. That is yeah. true. I mean, you know, again, it's like hopefully people. I, I, I'm I'm this guy that's just like maybe the pandemic could get under control this year now without Trump just doing nothing. But I, mean, I that's man, that's where I'm at. Maybe a that's unicorn what I'm calling will. About a little bit, huh? I said that's what I'm calling about a little bit. Is I wanted to talk about vaccines. Okay. The um, have y'all had any like weird like public private partnerships up there in Ohio where they're like rolling out the vaccines through like weird private companies or or anything like that? 
Now no. here's the thing. I had hoped that would happen. Yeah, we were so that I could get it. We've got a number. We've got we won the uh, Columbus Podcasting Awards back in 2019, and thought we thought that we'd get a shortlisted uh, for vaccine notifications, but we got nothing. Well, there's just some wacky stuff going on. Like in Florida, we have one of one of the biggest sites that um, is being partnered with to offer vaccinations. Is fucking public supermarkets. Yeah. And um, the governor did like a press conference at like Publix the other day at a Publix. Um, and good grab and go. It is wild because they have like, you know, you go into one of these stores and like late at night, they'll have just like one of the people who's normally bagging your groceries just like working the vaccine table, probably making the same ways that like normally get, you know, to like handle people's healthcare stuff. Um, just a fucking pop-up card table with vaccines laid out on it (laughs) right right and um i've heard that like you know some people aren't showing up for that vaccine so you can like if you're if you're above 65 that's all we're getting to here if you're above 65 you can like go late at night when they're about to close and like see if anyone's gotten their vaccine and it's like well what the fuck happens if nobody shows up to get it like i'm sure Publix doesn't have like the super freezers that are needed to like store that shit and yeah. it's probably just going to waste. And I saw the other day that um, Washington State is partnering with Starbucks and, like, making the employees be, like, kind of a liaison for vaccines. Like, they're, like, something like an employee is <laughs> maintaining, like, vaccination site lists and yeah. stuff. And they're kind of like a concierge. And they're like, hey, girl, I, I know you love that vanilla latte, but has your ass, have you been stuck yet? You look, you look at, you look, you're 60 plus, right? You're one of our, our, you're one of our golden Buckeye members, right? You're one of our senior members. Head down, head down to the end of the yeah. corner to the Publix. There should be lists for if they're going to throw them out, you know, there should, there is one right. in Columbus. There's a list of if they're going to throw them out. Uh, uh, but it's full and you can't sign up on it, which I don't know how a list gets full. Like there's plenty of room on the internet to add names to a list. <laughs> Could you right. put me on that list? It's the not anti-vaxxers, <laughs> if it was just a form, the anti-vaxxers would just like spam it and just like fill it up with fake names so that like nobody could get vaccines if it was just like a submission form. Makes sense. Yeah, put one like, of those uh, uh, gimmicks though, right? The captcha. Put a captcha on there. Toss a captcha yeah. on there. I uh, uh Yeah, I was just trying to come up with a re- I'm hearing that like there are these they're not they're doing it all through the city here. But, like, somebody did mention to me the other day, because I had read this thing that said Ohio gets 100000 a week, and that's the most that they've gotten, and I got, like, really down about it, and then I read this thing, and they split it between 88 counties, so 100000 split between 88 counties just isn't going to get the fucking job done, you know? We're, we're never getting out of 80s, 80 and up. So, like... I got real down about it, and they were like, well, they're actually also going to send them to... They're also going to send them to private businesses. And I was like, okay. Because, like, here's the thing. When you can get it at CVS and Walgreens and Publix and all those places, I think that'll be un... 
disputedly a like a good thing. I don't know. I don't think those people are Medicare well, pro- medical stuff. providers. They that's not who. Like they're saying, like all they're like, you can come to Publix from nine to ten at night if you're over sixty and get a shot. Otherwise, we just have to dump them. Yeah, but I I, I guess like what I'm trying to say is. <sighs> If we got rid of the restrictions, which I know, if you could get them with a happy meal, yes, that makes sense. Yeah, I just I think the <laughs> I think getting them in the most amount of people we can possibly get them in, and by throwing away the least amount of them, that's what we want to do. You know, so yeah, but like we did, we did like World War Two, man. Like we we did that whole shit. Like we're able. I mean, the government is able to coordinate things. They just won't like. Yeah, I, I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if I could go to like Hooters and get a vaccine eventually. Or yeah, oh, I that'd hope be, so. That'll be hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why don't you just give it to me right in a restaurant where I'm gonna catch it? <laughs> right. <laughs> TGI Fridays has that like a three for thirty. Yeah. I just wanted to. Yeah, be... well, that's where they need it most because that's the people like you know risking giving it to like everybody fucking else. You know, there's Va- people there, so just you know, you get get your two for twenty with a vaccine. You new, are- t- new TGI Fridays vaccinated nigh out for forty five dollars. You get an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert, and then you get COVID vaccine at the end. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even complain about the food if that was the case. If they told me I had to eat fucking TGI Fridays to get the vaccine, though, I might be out. I'd be in. <laughs> I. I'm telling you, I if they said, okay, if they were like, hey, Brian, go to the arena tonight and uh, get in line and we're just going to be running people through doing the vaccine, right? Yeah. And you stand in this line. Hey, you might stand in this line for three days. I would do it. Okay. I would stand in line for three days. I would. I am really desperate to get the vaccine, and I will do almost anything to get that fucking thing. You know, I would, I would camp out too. I've never camped out for a video game or anything like that, but I would do it for the vaccine. I need to play pool like so fucking bad. Fun <laughs> before the pandemic, and just got really into it. And that was like my relaxing thing. It's like I get out of the house. I don't spend yeah. as much at the bar because I'm playing pool nonstop. Good way to see friends and not just like accidentally get too shit faced. Yeah, you got an objective. I love it. I got no zen right now because I can't play pool. Yeah, I'm with you. I did the you same can't thing. Can't hang out on cushions anymore. Yeah, or Susie Q's. <laughs> yeah, I totally want to be able to just do. I want to be able to do anything. Like I want to be able to. Yeah, I like doing anything. Yeah, I want to. I want to go to the motherfucking airport, dude. I miss going to the fucking airport, even. Yeah, I thought I didn't like doing things, but it turns out that I, I do sometimes. Yeah, when I this hear has- people say this is my time, you know, because I didn't like doing stuff anyway, so I don't have to do anything now. I'm like, you know what? I thought that's who I was too, and it turns out I'm not. And I like doing things. Yeah, there's nothing to be grumpy at anymore. I can't be grumpy other places. Just got to be grumpy at home. And people are far less, you're like far less annoyed with people, which is tough, you know, where you're just like, man, I, I would love to be, I would love to be grumpy 
and just mad because I'm in a room full of people and they're all acting stupid. You know, like, oh, fuck these people. I fucking hate people. Yeah, yeah. I, I would love back to that. I would love to be around so many people that it reminded me that I fucking hate people again. Yeah, I'll, I'll second that. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm gonna hop off. Um, I appreciate y'all. Uh, just want to tell people out there to you know keep fighting. Biden will be a terrible fucking president. There will be millions of deaths on his hands. Maybe not millions, but. Dude's probably going to start a war. If not, people will keep dying of the pandemic. So if you got local organizations, tenant unions, food not bombs, what have you, please, please get involved in something like that. So when the next reaction happens, the next George Floyd or whatever, there will be another one that will be ready and you'll have a fucking network. Absolutely. And that's how we build is we just, we got to keep going steady now. So when the next moment happens, when people are ready to listen to us about defund the police or whatever, we're there for it. We got to be fucking there for it and ready thank you so much for reminding us yeah absolutely that's the way to look at it all right y'all take care have a good night yeah have a good night peace yeah um somebody uh who was in the chat uh calm like a tom posted that west virginia is setting the standard they're using 83 percent of their vaccines and they're trying to get people to be more like west virginia yeah through, they're they're distributing through mom and pop uh, pharmacies and local places. They they really are. They don't they can't meet the demand of that that they have. You know, there's a certain amount of people that schedule the appointment that don't show up. Uh, but for the most part, they're finding people that are ready to get it, ordering them, and then distributing them. Uh, somebody said I had an appointment at 6:20 p.m. to get a vaccine, and at, oh, I'm sorry, 2 p.m. and uh, at 2:21 I had my shot and I was done. Damn! And that's any age, right? They're not doing like no, it's old people. You got to be over 60. Oh, this okay. is for, but this is this cuts down the deaths significantly. Yeah, this is the start. Yeah, yeah. You, you're no, it's not the utopia you think of where anybody can get them. We still have to prioritize some people. There's death panels in communism under yeah. Joe Biden. I can't wait. It's death panels wait. now. I'm just Johnson and Johnson me as soon as possible. Give me that J and J. Johnson me up, man. It, maybe with a with a E and J, you give me a J and J. Yeah. Um. It's the new BJ. It's JJ's. To clarify, also, just another addition. We're going to wrap this up, but uh, my character is an Azamar. That was the word I was looking for. Protector Azamar of the cleric variety. And uh, I will be saving their asses. So get ready for Street Fight D&D. I will be fighting. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, guys. This is Juan in San Diego. Hey, what's up, Juan? How's it going? How's it going? Pretty good. It's uh, kind of stormy down here in San Diego. It's not uh, uh, all sunshiny like it usually is, and it's pretty cold too. Um, but it's nice. We needed the rain because <clears throat> um, there's a drought going on again. Um, but uh, that's just uh, California uh, or wacky ways, I guess. Yeah, no one, no one in, no one in here feels bad for you at all about your weather. <laughs> You're not going to convince us that the weather was no. bad there. <laughs> it's 28 degrees right now. <laughs> Um, so I'm calling it tonight, guys, because uh, I'm glad I called in on the vaccine show because um, 
I wanted to talk about my experience. I recently got the vaccine, um, which I'm very happy about. Um, I got it a couple of weeks ago. Um, I work in the health field, so I was in the first phase. Um, And you guys were talking about, like, how it's rolling out um, in different parts of the country. Um, Here in California, it's been a complete shit show. Uh, Like... Way, way less people have been vaccinated. Obviously, that's all over the U.S., but I think California is probably like dead last in the number of people that have been vaccinated. Really? Um, as of a couple of weeks ago, at least. Um, so they're finally rolling out more sites. Um, when I went to go to a vaccine, it was at a super site at a sports stadium. Okay. Um, and they set it up specifically to vaccinate, um, people working in the health field. Um, and I was in line for, uh, I think it was almost three hours um, in my car, <laughs> so it wasn't too bad. Um, but it still took a lot longer than I thought. Um, like the entrance to the lines from the entrance down, snaking through the streets of downtown um, San Diego, um, they were pretty long. Um, I, and I was surprised. Um, uh, I shouldn't have been surprised, obviously, like a lot of people want the vaccine and are trying to get it. <laughs> but uh, I was kind of surprised that the disorganization um, uh, of the rollout um, and experiencing it for myself there. Um, as soon as I got into like the actual super site and was waiting in line um, inside the super site, it was fine. Like it took me probably 30 minutes uh, once I got in. It's just that the lines outside were really, really long. Um, so, and um, you waited in your car. But, did you did you stay in your car the whole time, or you waited in your car and then got out? Nope, the whole time I was okay. in my car when they injected me too. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, oh, I would just listen to podcasts. Uh, I'd be sitting in that car just, <laughs> yeah, just podcast listening. I, I also want. Yeah, I would just listen to. To music and um, chatting with my um, some of my coworkers who are also getting the vaccine that day. Um, yeah, so that was kind of fun. Yeah, fortunately we um, know we live in isolated times and we know how to keep ourselves entertained. <laughs> but I I am with you when my instincts say if this is a three hour line, we need to cut down on our workload here, or we like there needs to we need to reorganize this thing in a way. Uh, that we can give a more realistic time period for people. Because, you know, two hours is fine. One hour is fine. Two hours is kind of ridiculous. It's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Uh, three hours yeah. is just unacceptable. And, um, you know, we were talking in the group about when this thing is going to end or and all of that stuff. And all I know is that they're going to botch it up the entire way. There's just going to be nothing smooth about this. Nothing is going to go according to yeah. plan. I can read about the future. And, you know, we are in a timeline. People said that the vaccines were going to be available around this time of the year. And, you know, I, I am paying attention to the, the folks that do have, like, the, the long view of it and kind of say what's coming up. But I don't expect any sort of... uh any sort of uh, ease or efficiency to be applied to this. And it just, it, it's, it really just lives up to my beliefs about the world that we're in. I mean, that reason I do the show is because I don't think the people in charge are responsible or competent enough to hand out vaccines when <laughs> I feel like it's yeah. something that people <laughs> desperately want and you could do very simply, you know? 
Yeah, um, I was pretty surprised too by like the vaccine rollout here in the United States. I mean, I guess I shouldn't have been just because of the, what neoliberalism has done to public health. Um, all over the country. Um, I remember reading something about, uh, like a few decades ago, New York City, uh, public health departments being able to, uh, vaccinate like, um, way more people than they're vaccinating now for COVID. Yeah. Um, so we definitely feeling the pain of the last 30 year, well, God, more than that, 40, 50 years of neoliberalism here in the United States and like, the decimation of, I mean, they just don't give a fuck about it. So they're not going to do anything, you know, to make our lives easier. It, yeah, it's this, it's this weird abdication that we have where it's like, uh, well, I don't know. Not everybody gets sick. So I just guess we can't, we can't plan for people getting sick in the future because not everybody will be 100 not 100% of people will be sick in the future so we can't have any sort of healthcare in place or we can't acknowledge you know that in the future we're going to have to spend money on this you know instead we just have to to make it a, a as needed thing you know we have to make it a once we have to make it a copay. We have to make it, you know, one visit to the hospital. We can't all collectively work together and agree that we're going to have ailments and that our bodies are going to degrade and that we all need some sort of maintenance. You know, it, it, it's it's absurd. It drives me fucking mad. I mean, it, it's made me a miserable person. I'm going to die that way because of it. They're not going to change shit. Everybody else, yeah. I, I'm I'm ready to to turn everything over on its head, and then I'm around a hundred people, and ninety nine of me, ninety nine of them tell me I'm a fucking moron for wanting things to be better. So <laughs> I give up. I'm just going to be miserable <laughs> forever. Well, uh, hopefully, in in one day in the future, it'll be uh, it'll be ninety eight people telling uh, yes you and one other person that you're that you're morons. I guess <laughs> that's um, what we're shooting for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as the vaccine, um, uh, I didn't really feel any effects. The next day, my arm hurt at the injection site. Um, it was like tender, but I had to like uh, touch it to like actually feel it. <clears throat> Although it got worse during the day, um, later on in the day, but it just kind of went away afterwards. I did feel um, a weird like soreness um, in my abdomen, like, uh, when I get sick, usually from like the flu, that's how kind of, it felt like, uh-huh. um, and I had like a, a, a cough <clears throat> that's not normal. Um, and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. But I didn't, it didn't get any worse than that. And I was fine by the next day. Um, so yeah, yeah so I feel comfortable taking the vaccine. Um, Good. I knew I was going to take it just because of the work I was doing. Like, I don't want to get COVID and I, I don't want to give COVID to somebody else. Um, if I can avoid that. Um, yeah, the vaccine is um, way better than the COVID. The long-haul COVID people, like surviving COVID is not something I oh, want God. to do. Yeah, that that terrified me a lot. And, um, like reading about the studies and the stories about people that were affected by COVID that way um, was pretty frightening. Um, and it turned me off to getting it. Um, I know some people were like, oh, I'll just get it, whatever. Um, but I was like, you know, there's something I want to avoid uh, completely. Um, just because I just don't know what it's going to do to me. Right. Um, but, um, yeah, so, uh, the vaccine's cool. Um, if you can get it, I recommend Stop it. Stop bragging. Um, yeah, come on. This Stop bragging. Like Stop it. bragging. It's bragging. My Lamborghini. <laughs> to, it's like a, I swear. It's warm outside <laughs> and I got the vaccine. Jeez, Louise, it got down to 54 in San Diego today and I just got a, a, a COVID vaccine. I got a little bit of an owie going here. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I can't help it. I just had this good look. This, I just had a recent run of good luck. We're jelly. <laughs> Hell yeah, we're <laughs> jealous. <laughs> Um, but the thing about the the um, the vaccine, I heard you guys talking about. I'm not an expert on the vaccine. I just took it. <clears throat> um, um, what I know about it is it that it uses a new novel way of um, transmitting. Um, I guess the immunity to um, uh, our bodies, um, and it does it by using like M- RNA, um, which is like another type of uh dna like i said i'm not an expert i'm sorry <laughs> um uh but it's uh it's just a really new way to um it put vaccines into people um uh, but what it could also allow us to do in the future is to treat um other types of diseases um that are produced in our cells like cancer um cool things like that just oh yeah oh yeah well, so yeah, just wanted to let you guys know uh, how my vaccine experience went. Um, I'm screaming for it. Uh, I, I I would uh, I would leave right now and wait in line for seven days to get it. So I'm I'm jealous of you. Yeah. Sit in my car. Cool. We'll just uh, sit in the car and fucking we'll bring a Zoom. <laughs> Me and Brad could just sit in the car, bring a Zoom recorder, and just do the show from the car, waiting in line for yeah, our Fauci ouchies. Sorry. Good. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for calling in, buddy. It's good yeah, to hear. Thank you, guys. Yeah, no, I, I mean, saw a t-shirt that said that, and I needed to say it. Um, Give me I, my Fauci ouchie. I used to uh, drive. So when I lived in D.C., it's six hours to Columbus, and with the grandparents, I would drive three hours to West Virginia. We'd meet at an IHOP. We'd have food. And then I would drive three hours home and I would pick my wife up from work. Like she would work an eight hour day and I would spend six hours of it, seven hours of it on the road. Uh, and, and that was my regular thing. So yeah, I can sit in a car for a long time. I also want to clarify and say like, I don't think there's factual evidence that the that the vaccine isn't good or isn't applicable. I, I totally understand why I should take it. This is me admitting like my irrational fears, my distrust, my just automatic unacceptance of anything that people say I should do is revolves around like, I don't know who else, how long have people had this vaccine? You know, like, it, I don't know. People have had it for a month. Yeah. Do we know what it does? Yeah. You know, I understand COVID is worse. I totally do. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm make, I'm, you know, getting rid of those feelings. But there is just that like general distrust of anything uh, that I have that yeah. you know makes sense. I understand. All right. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Oh wait, hold on. I didn't hit the. I didn't hit the number right. Two o two. We're talking to you. Hello. Hey guys. Hey. It's, uh, it, hello. It, it's uh, Patrick from Alex Jonestown Massacre. What's up, Patrick? How's it going? It's going all right. Um, I just kind of wanted to call about like uh, union stuff. I, I always appreciate how you guys talk about what it's like having your kids in school. Because uh, when uh, I'm a public school teacher, I teach high school. Yeah. And I'm in Virginia. And so our union line is pretty hard on like what you were saying earlier that uh, we should not go face to face with our kids until, you know, until all staff gets vaccinated. Right. 
and a lot of localities are not doing that. I'm with you 100%. My my daughter has to go back to school starting in February, and it's driving me nuts. I feel like I'm going to have to go sovereign citizen or something uh, because it's just rushing. They've already done the school year this far. By the time next August rolls around, I think that we like for your union, you should your your union could could bargain in a way so that everybody that is in it can get the vaccine by the end of the summer. But in trying to get kids back into school by Easter is, it's just stupid at this point. Like this is a, this is a buy year. We, we, we don't, we're not, we don't have to grin and bear it and force everybody pretend to pretend like we didn't just go through a fucking catastrophic event, you know, and we're going to, we're going to be yeah. living this through this for the next few years. I I really am so pissed that that this Joe Biden bullshit includes getting everyone back to school because this year is not a fucking rare. My daughter has done really well at school. She's talked to her friends over Zoom. She's had a really good time. But this is not th- there's no reason to all of a sudden switch it up into in-class fucking school. It's I I'm so pissed about it. Yeah, so we're uh, we're doing what we can to support because we're a no strike union. We're we're in a right to work state. So, I mean, we won't even be able to uh, like have school boards vote on whether or not unions can do collective bargaining until May. So that's our that was going to be our big focus this year was like a you know campaign to get everybody signing cards for a collective bargaining campaign, and then instead we've just been resisting, resisting. Uh, you know, just, just like absolute insanity. Um, I am scheduled to get my vaccine uh, on Friday, but then uh, learned today that my partner's coworker tested positive and they worked with him yesterday. Ugh. So I have to now, I get test, I get tested on Tuesday, but like I can't get, you know, like, the vaccine apparently doesn't work if you are positive for COVID. Really? Oh. And instead of, yeah, and instead of closing uh, the store and letting everyone quarantine, they, you know, my partner gets a text today that says, uh, "Hey, so and so tested positive for COVID. Who can fill his shift?" Oh. Yeah, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's where we're at. You know, I, I do have to. Yeah. I mean, I. I don't want to give managers any sort of slack or anything, but I do have to step back and say that we have no other options. I mean, there's no, there's no uh, assistance that's coming in that can prevent people from not having to try to make money still. That's the only thing they've said. I mean, they, they still have only said you got to make money every single day or else you're in trouble. Yeah. And that's, that's why people keep having these outbursts. I mean, this is, the second person at this shop that has tested positive and just same shit, same shit. Uh, you know, no contact tracing, no, uh, you know, no giving people like there, there was a strike that lasted for about a week at a, at a, a salon, like over the summer over that shit. Like got a lot of like, it just, and then, you know, but I, I feel like the smart thing to do is just close the place, give everybody time to quarantine and get tested. And then reopen. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I'm irritated. My kid's been back. Is your daughter going back full time? She's doing. Uh, they're doing a hybrid thing. So yeah, that's instead of thing. five days a week on virtual school, she does three days a week virtual school and two in person. 
Yeah, that's kind of what my kid's doing. Which but does nothing day, for working parents. Two and a half hours every day is where she's at. But, yeah, it bugs me that they're sending kids back to school for, like, no fucking reason. There's no reason to go back yet. You know? And that's, like, Joe Biden's Yeah, and we're, just, we're hearing... Yeah, and we're hearing all this, like, our kids are falling behind. And it's either, like, one, I don't think they are. But two, if they aren't, because I don't know what elementary school is like. And I understand that, you know, as long as, you know, like, it sounds like Charlotte's socializing and, um, you know, getting to, you know, make those relationships with her teacher and her classmates. Yeah, but, yeah. I know they're, the, not, the, but they're not socializing in school right now either. That's the thing. Like they keep saying, like, oh, these kids need to socialize. They need to go to school. And Gwen's telling me they're not allowed to really be. They're not allowed to have conversations. They're all very far away from each other, and uh, they don't sit at the same tables. They're not socializing. That's the, the fucking thing. The, no, it's weak. the most frustrating thing for me is that. Um, there is a third grade guaranteed read thing. The, the, like, there is a test in third grade that they have to pass. And Columbus Public Schools, if required by law, or they're, they're teaching to this test that they take in third grade to prove what they've done. Here's what I think. Nobody's doing good at school this year. It hasn't been the same. The problem is people want it to be back to normal. People think that it, it, it's different. Things are different and that's fine. And, and they're, but now they're, they're going to require them to meet the, they want them to get back to these standards that aren't even necessary. No. We don't, we don't, we made them up. Everybody, everybody, all of this behind. school shit was made up. It's like money. None of it's real. Like if, if we can all acknowledge that this has been a fucked up year, we don't have to hold these kids to the same fucking standards. If they graduate when they're 19, it's not a, I don't look down on them. I don't look down on a kid that lived through the COVID and couldn't read by third grade, but started reading in fifth grade. I don't give a fuck That's about that. I, I'm with you too, buddy. I'm with you. Yeah, they they have students even in my building, like or not my building, but I mean, we don't have anybody in the building right now. But yeah, you're absolutely right. They're, everybody's just going to be uh, six feet apart, wearing masks, doing work on their laptops, just like they're doing at home right now. That's what Gwen's doing. That's what she uh, said. She hates it. She I, doesn't yeah. want to stay. The only reason she's back in school is because she can't take French 3 online. That is literally, they said, no, you can't take French 3 online, and it, it'll fuck her up her track, or she would just stay home. She wants to be home, but they're also actively discouraging kids from staying home. That's the other fucking thing. Yeah. And I hate, I hate our, I mean, I hate, I mean, they've made, I dislike the school system, the superintendent, all of this because of their unwillingness to accept defeat, to accept the monumental moment that we're in. They are trying to be George Washington crossing the Delaware motherfucking people that are like, we're going to make it through this. We're going to guide you through this instead of just saying things aren't the same. Everybody is lying to you and telling you that they're the same and, and you just can't find other people that are willing to admit they're not. Nobody in power is, they don't, they won't give us a fucking inch. They won't let us breathe. They won't let us 
have any sort of grief, they won't let us just stay home and not risk getting a virus. Instead, we have to just maneuver all of these goddamn systems and eventually just get ground down to the point where you don't give a fuck if you die from it anymore. And then they win. They win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So speak, I just wanted to leave you guys with one thing. So this email, um, so we've been, the union has had been fighting, uh, the, you know, the like very vocal minority of right wing parents who, you know, want, uh, want us to be back full time, no, you know, uh, face to face with our kids. And, uh, that crew has just in their ability to pressure the school board to constantly say, okay, we'll reopen, we'll reopen here. And then the school board always has to walk it back, but then they get angrier. This email got sent out to, uh, a bunch of, uh, staff and parents, and it was forwarded to me because I'm vice president of my union. And, um, I just, the only thing that like kept me from wanting to throw my computer, uh, like across the room as I was reading it was I, in my head, I was reading it in Brian's voice and it made it very entertaining to me. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, and, cause it, it, it has like, it has that, um, the type of shit that you guys find, it has that kind of energy. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Really easy to hear in Brian's voice. So it goes, thank you for taking the time to read this. Unfortunately, perhaps due to good intentions, or perhaps not, blank schools, so I don't dox myself, uh, have been infected by the ideology of critical race theory, cultural Marxism. Oh, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Oh, no. What does this mean? <laughs> this means that students and teachers are being indoctrinated into a worldview that sees society as a matrix of oppression and seeks to divide people by identity. This is an ideology that seeks equality of outcome by virtue of present-day discrimination, a.k.a. equity. Uh, should we fight against oppression wherever we find it? Yes. Should we do so with more oppression and division? No. Yes. Oh. So <laughs> the right kind the, of oppression. Uh, <laughs> we have to do the right yeah, kind of exactly. oppression. <laughs> what I, the other real like uh, highlights is um, uh, our teachers are and school leaders are teaching our children to see race and identity before seeing each other's humanity. This is the opposite of MLK's dream. Uh. You can see evidence of this in every classroom where students with right-of-center views and religious values are silenced and harassed. Oh, oh students God. don't have right-of-center views. A high school kid with right-of-center no, views is a mess. No child has right-views. right, right yeah. views. Uh, and the, Let's see. Um, so, parents, please educate yourselves and your neighbors and begin speaking up. School leaders, please recognize what is happening and begin to elevate fairness and justice and eradicate bias, indoctrination, social justice, equality of outcome, and authoritarianism. Please reply if you would like to learn more and help. You will remain anonymous. Whistleblowers, send reports of leftist indoctrination to us. <laughs> oh, I, I would hate to be a teacher because of these people. Yeah, That's that is the thing awful. that would drive me nuts is the right-wing parents. Yeah, I mean, I have two students, I think, in, in, out of uh, all five of my classes who are definitely from conservative households. 
and uh, you know, and and I've made it very very clear to them privately that I'm never going to give them a bad grade because they just you know because I disagree with them. Uh huh. And uh, and <laughs> but I'm probably going to have that conversation with both of them tomorrow because I'm sure maybe one of their parents does this. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for calling in. We and we at least. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, we, we, we. I just said trying to get out of here. He's on OT. <laughs> I'm on overtime. <laughs> oh, fuck that. Yeah, well, all right, guys. All right. Thanks for taking my call. Sorry, thanks for calling in. <laughs> Are you of course. kidding? Night. Yeah, we have a lot of calls. We did talk over at the beginning. <sighs> I know. That's why I'm tired. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. We're on speed round. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? What's up, guys? This is John from Richmond. What's up, John? How's it going? Um, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, I've just been pouring through a bunch of uh, really terrible media lately. Oh. Uh, bad shows, bad wrestling, bad music. All right. Hell yeah. The good stuff. That's my kind um, of stuff. <laughs> um. I actually uh, went through, was going through some old, uh, not great music um, with a buddy and uh, remembered about an old coworker that had a crazy story that I thought y'all might be interested in. Um, a crazy story? Y'all know the band Godhead? I have heard of them. Yeah, I remember them. Yeah, I don't, I've so never I heard of them. I worked at a music school. Uh, I worked at a music school a long time ago. And I worked with the guitar player from that band. Okay. And uh, the thing about Godhead was they were like the only band that ever got signed to Marilyn Manson's label. Yeah. That's where I remember them. Yeah. They had some insane stories about him. Uh, Primarily like like a thing like with them signing to his label was like they had to let him... uh, produced their record and sure. they got in the studio with him and which is like he has no clue what he's doing we don't even think he knows what like producing a record means <laughs> like that's fun we don't know what we're gonna do um so uh i went back and listened to them recently um and i thought it was something y'all might find interesting because the only like song that i found like tolerable from that record it's called like a evolve i think evolver is the one that marilyn manson did they okay. have a cover of eleanor rigby on there <laughs> and it just sounds like uh orgy if they gave up i know that song i've heard that one i i think i had godhead's <laughs> album now that you bring that up because i do remember that yeah so- they had like one album after that had a song from uh that made it onto the Queen of the Damned soundtrack. I think that was the one that like maybe Jonathan Davis did. Yeah, he did it and um, then had uh uh he wrote all the songs and then had other singers come in and sing them. Yeah, okay, that probably makes sense as to why that song's like not bad. Um and Eleanor, uh, no, they uh Eleanor yeah, Rigby is like, that's all- an untouchable song, I would say. I mean that's just one that like nobody should cover. I think that it, they did it the first time. Yeah. No, yeah, they definitely should not have. Um, heavy agree there. Um, but uh, 
no, it was just kind of wild just hearing that guy talk about all the time. Like, yeah, we would just like um, go into the studio with Marilyn Manson and he would like bring up an idea on what we could do on the record. We'd be like, what does that even mean? Do you know how music works? Have you ever made music before? <laughs> and I don't know. I just that. Uh, it's a tough position. I was just so wild. Oh, what's up? It's a tough position. You've got like you've got yeah. to, you've got a you've got a musical legend here in front of you saying make something that sounds like this and you don't know what to do and you're getting paid for it but you have to make something happen. Yeah, yeah, no, and like uh, it's very telling to me that like almost none of those guys are like doing anything remotely related to like industrial music or new metal or anything like that. Now the singer is like a voice actor. That was in like the Final Fantasy VII remake. Lucky and nice. Does, like real bad Southern rock now. Just like really yeah. not good. People grow well, out of it. That's the way it is. People grow out of that kind of music, you know, if they don't make it, and then they're like, you know, I'm just a I'm a roots guy, Southern rocker, man. You <laughs> know, really more dirty. I've always been one. <laughs> I've actually always been one. I'm the kind of guy that can live off of the royalties of a song that I made back in the 2000s. <laughs> I don't think that's the way to do it. I think I I agree. I'd love to have one hit. Thanks for calling in. That one song. You- yeah, y'all have a good one. You too. I'd sure. love to have one hit. Yeah, one hit is enough. That's the thing is that, like, yeah, that low-key lifestyle, get an acoustic guitar, talk about the good old days, and just get money. You don't need anything to get by. No. They're, like, I was in it, Godhead. I would just tell people I was in Godhead. Look it up. There's a very small amount of money that we need, and, and like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk have taken most of it. But the rest of us just need something very insignificant to feel okay. Yeah. And that's what they've tapped into. With one song, it's why wouldn't you? Yeah. Last call. You ready? Yes. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Is it a skeleton? Is it a gremlin? Anytime we've ever a mog- gone. A mogwai. Anytime sorry. we've ever gone overtime, the last call has been a racist. An N-word person. Yes. That's, I can't- that's why I, I get nervous about going... Thanks for calling Street Fight. You're the last call tonight. Hi, yes, it's Grayson from Orange County, California. I spoke to you a couple weeks back. Um, yeah, thank you for thank you for taking my call. I'm going to try to make this really quick. Um, you mentioned the um, the idea that um, the left shouldn't really be engaging um, the right to try and gain voters. There are two basic strategies in campaign management: the base motivation strategy and the 80-20. Um, strategy 80 20 meaning 80 percent of your efforts are focused on the 20 percent of voters that are undecided okay Based motivation is what goes toward the um the voter mobile who goes towards the get out the vote of the people who are already leftists who are voting and i do see there's a major major gap in that in the left so you're right to pick up on that but there's a third thing i was actually told i was actually told i was wrong back in 2012 when i went to training um by tea party patriots about this but there's a sort of subgroup sociological analysis has been I've seen it going up more and more over the years and I think it is an effective thing because one set of Trump voters is not is different from the other set of Trump voters based upon very specific um, elements of anti anti politics versus traditional politics and it's important to distinguish between those subgroups and learn which subgroups can be 
properly engaged and are actually a lot closer than okay. uh, to this type of ideology that's shared here than what than what's being typically shared. But of course, the sustained so, engagement, the sustained engagement of like not just around election time, um, like every single day you get bombarded with conservative emails. That is something that's very important. I haven't seen it on the le- on on the left so far. So you're good, good in kind of picking that up. Which, what's your name? It. Who is this again? Your your Tea Party tea, Teen Tea Party yeah. Patriot Grayson. Gray- Grayson. Grayson. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, uh, I was a Tea Partier starting at age twelve, um, and now I'm your side. <laughs> no, I, but I, but that is that is good intel, and um, I do agree that drilling down into those subtypes is probably a good idea. Like finding somebody that has a Facebook marketplace hustle, they might be a left-leaning person. Like they might know the struggle enough that we could radicalize them. You know, finding people that, uh, finding these smaller groups to reach out to and kind of infect yourself with does make sense. Uh, because the, the right wing media does have a better grasp on that. Uh, someone was telling me recently about, uh, there's a Facebook group. And they went down to the Capitol and they shot videos and they changed their like T-shirt and hat every single time. They run multiple guns rights groups for like Wisconsin. So they'll pop on a Wisconsin shirt and say, hey, we're down at the Capitol fighting for, fighting for the Second Amendment. Then they'll pop on a Buckeye shirt and they'll say, hey, Ohio shows up for, for gun rights. We're down here at the Capitol letting people know. And they do 20, 30 versions of that. All of that is filtering people into their uh, anti-choice legislation. Their group, they are a religious fundamentalist group, and they're using the Second Amendment to kind of, as a feeder, they, they, they do a Second Amendment campaign and find out who in there is willing to give money to their anti-abortion money, their anti-abortion campaign. Yeah, for sure. Also, the Q, the whole thing of QAnon gang, like all the wellness influencers, and yeah. I even posted in the chat about about the about the fitness influencers. They're saying like our program isn't for weak SJWs. <laughs> I see that a lot well, too. I see yeah. that on Twitter a lot. Um, <laughs> ads that are kind of like SJWs. We're we're tough. We're and and just yeah, bombarding you with a right wing message that people wouldn't even say is right wing. You know what? What here's something that confounds me, and and this is a, I'd love to hear your take on this, Brian. Uh, is that in the left sphere there is a matter of dunking and purity tests and proof that you're more radical and more just than the next person, but there's a disconnect. In that those liberals and those Democrats, they don't do the Peter Dow thing where they punch through and realize that they were doing things wrong. Like, I, I don't, there's, there's any of the, the, the moms that I, the moms and dads and non-binary pals I used to hang out with on the playground and I'm friends on Facebook. They have a limit to their wokeness when it comes to feeling better than people. They're not willing to go full like black liberation when it comes to Black Lives Matter. They're not willing to go anti-colonial. Like they, they have a limit to their, to their radical shit, you know? Yeah. I think it's about like, I think. I think the way that I think about it is, is that like, 
we get them on our side and they'll go with any of that stuff. It's about getting that and trying to get them on our side. I understand what you're saying. I Well, now that I say it out loud, too, I think it's a matter of wins. Like, you can celebrate the Biden-Kamala inauguration as a win we don't offer any wins like the stuff that we want to see happen isn't happening so we don't have like a celebration moment where we can say we're succeeding uh QAnon had plenty of moments because it was all false you know until they had to actually prove that donald trump wasn't going to be the president uh they had a lot of wins and things to celebrate we don't have a lot of sell we don't have a lot to uh to say we also don't celebrate at all you know we don't Not win true. so we don't celebrate right you know if we won i think we would celebrate but shit it's so fucking hard to punch through and win you know uh that like it like that joe biden getting elected is looked at as a win is kind of like well and it's like a push well let me so let me ask you this let me ask you you're a tea party expert here like, I'm concerned because I do the show because I want regular angry employees to be on our, uh, be on our side. And, and they're not willing to give up the racism. They're not willing to give up the transphobia and all of the other stuff. I mean, is there a way to, to reach through to that? Is there, is there some level of humanity that we can un- understand between each other? I don't know. Yes, I think I, I think there certainly is. I think it's very untapped because the messaging just has not been there. There hasn't been messaging like this, certainly not out there um, as readily findable that it is for the working man, that it's for the person who thinks that they're that they're self-made, working very hard. That that this ideology can actually reach them. That this is an anti-authoritarian version of it, not. It's not a terribly sanitized ivory tower version of um, of of leftism. I think there there is certain there's certainly hope for that. Yeah, I, I mean it's just going to be a matter. It's going to be a level of seriousness and crafting that because that's the only that's the only way we can go now. I, I you know I, this was a joke for a very long time and and now it's like a serious uh thing that we have to come up against and figure out how to to just move things in our direction because it's it's not going to change without a, a lot of effort you know yeah messaging and in the way that we do stuff i mean it's going to require a lot of us to uh to change the way that that we we do things and i do want to reach more people and, and make this a bigger thing i think that like I'm not afraid of getting. I'm not afraid of joining up with all the disgruntled people. I, I feel like the, the, they're. I'm on their side. I, I know what it's like to be them. Uh, but it, it's just that something about that conservative viewpoint is so attractive to stupid fucking white people. I mean, they have a fucking whole media landscape set up and right. paid for yes. that tells them that what they believe is right. And yeah. that's like what we're up against, you know? Like if if millions of people listen to this show, I'm sure we would have a few hundred thousand people that are down with our ideas. Yeah. You know? And that our ideas would become a little bit more mainstream. It, it is like very hard like with what we do, especially like, I think this show's super mainstream, but, uh, you know, the, the 
fucking press doesn't think that. They don't come calling us and right. saying, like, this fucking quirky show, you know what I mean? Like, they don't come looking for us. So, it is like, I don't know. I don't know how to get people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's getting the ideas in front of people is the goal. And, and it should be our goal should be getting these ideas in front of a maximum amount of people because that's all we can really do. That's what we offer. I just, you know, the way I feel about it is that the ideas are very hard to swallow. And I think we have to reframe these ideas in a big way because they're there and we think that they speak some sort of truth that will melt people's faces and get them to fall in line. But they're just things that everyone wants to ignore. The truth is what everyone wants to ignore. Like with the COVID thing, like it's just people don't want to accept that they can't do things normal. They don't want to live through two years of a disruptance, even though that's what it's going to be. Uh, they don't want to, to, to be told that's what it is. They don't yeah. want, they don't want to have people say, let's plan for this be a, let's plan for this whole school year to be digital. They're like, nope, we're going to rally. We're going to get our rally. We're going to turn a baseball cap inside out and then COVID's going to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do it safe. It's like you can't. No, you that's can't. A it's can't. a fucking impossible. <sighs> well, uh, what a way. Thank you, caller. Thank you. They hung, did they, are you yeah, there? Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for yeah, calling. You got any yeah. final thoughts? Um, basically, um, I'm going to kind of leave you with my three. You mentioned baseball, so I thought my kind of motto when it comes to activism is always be a pitcher, not a thrower. Um, which if you understand baseball, it's just that you don't have to be like the strongest one. You just have to be the one that's smartest and can use the resources you can in the best way possible. Kind of, uh, kind of what I used to guide myself, but uh, probably not going to help you. might help you a little bit, but I just thought I'd close on that note and want to thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for calling. Yeah, I agree. You know, that actually the pitcher, not a thrower, uh, we were talking about this, uh, we were talking about funerals and stuff. And people that I was talking to said they were uncomfortable because they're kind of atheist about it and they don't know how to relate to religious people. And and I always say, my first thing I say is, you know, God God bless this person. Like the first thing out of my mouth is like, hallelujah, they're in heaven. Like I will adapt to anybody's way of thinking. I, I'm, I'm really not, I'm not tied to the idea that they understand the world the way that I do. I'm looking for people that are on my side and you know, that's going to be what it takes is that uh, we're isolated right now. We don't have this kind of thing, but as we go towards the future, uh, once things open up more and we're going to, we're going to have to spend time advocating for each other, knowing each other and, and uh, pushing back against this, democratic idea that everything is okay because we know it's not and uh we have to kind of pull at that little string there and undo the whole sweater and show them that things aren't okay and it's all right to say that we shouldn't be in school it's all right to say that this vaccine is fucked up it's all right to be sad that four hundred thousand people have died at this point um and you know finding strength in in that and and moving forward and doing what we can to uh, make the world a more just and better place. Uh, thanks for tuning into the show. Thanks for calling in. It was a wonderful show. I, I really loved all the calls uh, and we don't mind doing overtime over here. 
but if you want <laughs> to uh, get more, if you want to support the show, if you like what we do and you want to say, hey, I'll give you $5 a month. Go to patreon.com slash radio. Give us $5 a month. Just consider it like fi- just consider it like a tack on to your rent. You pay a thousand dollars for rent. Now you pay a thousand five. Just, just do it in your budget. Street Fight Radio is on Patreon where you get all of our bonus stuff. We'll be back on Wednesday. We're working on the Get Mo- Get Motivated live show. That information is coming soon. Uh, I'll see you on Twitch. We're Street Fight. Peace. Bye. Oh man, I'm gonna pee my pants.